What's up, everyone? It's the interview queen, Alicia Toot, here, and be sure to watch True Heel Heat. All right. Hello, True Heel Heat. I'm the AEW World Champion, MJF. Uh, just in case you're deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, or since you listen to this podcast, or uh, you're listening to True Heel Heat, and I apologize for that. I'm serious. I'm not going to sit back and take this fucking shit. A mild week in wrestling because no one got fired from their top positions in a company or no one, you know, have sexual assault allegations. So we have a lot of week this week, but we're going to talk about all of everything going on in professional wrestling from WWE with The Rock joining the bloodline, the latest on all the drama heading into WrestleMania with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. We also got AEW with Kashika Okada expected to sign with All Elite Wrestling when he is done with NJPW. NJPW had New Beginning in Osaka. Plus, we're going to preview and give our predictions for Elimination Chamber, which is next Saturday morning. This is True Hill Heat's flagship podcast. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me. True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for True Hill Heat 264. Hollywood meets corporate, discussing the latest surrounding The Rock. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes heading into WrestleMania 40, including The Rock making the call for Cody to face Roman and his heel turn. The latest in regards to Vince McMahon allegations with Ashley Manzaro. Recap of this week in wrestling with WWE SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, ROH TV, NJPW New Beginning in Osaka, TNA Impact, plus predictions for WWE Elimination Chamber and more and the trio is back here we're back that's together. not prince who's this who's this you, you, got, you got very upset like, like where's prince the prince authorized this is that their new sibling what happened i go for one week and this is what y'all get? get a new dog i don't understand this and without further ado because she Hi. said that it is the princess of all the true heels is back miss chrissy love how are you how doing are we all? hello good morning good evening good night on the snowy Saturday, at least snow over here. I don't know what else you guys got, but hi, Prince. Well, what's his friend's name? What's the cousin's name? It's Winnie. I love that name. Hi, Winnie. I, are you going to mate them? What dog would that be? Oh, no. We're not mated. No, no, no way. Okay. Because he's a, about like five minutes into the show. We're talking about dogs fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said that. Not, I said mating, first of all. Okay. Like. <laughs> Let's just go like hello. <laughs> how we how you supposed to mate? <laughs> I want I know one is a shih tzu and one is a Pomeranian. So like what's a shit Pomeranian? Ship parm? I don't know. Whatever. Anywho, hey Winnie. How are you? Welcome to the fam. Good morning. Hey guys, how are we all doing today? Welcome me back. Hello, welcome back, Chrissy Love. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Hi, my love. Good morning to you, darling. And accompanied to the flagship by Winnie Prince and his <laughs> lovely better half. It is the true draw, Josh. Right, I got so many people here, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got a full you entourage. You came down right. like you was a boxer, like you right. was Floyd Mayweather with an entourage. 
Jeez. Like you was Ric Flair in 95 with the forest when, when he had women, uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> How you doing, Josh? Doing good. Look forward to talking about a lot that happened this week, especially last night. Indeed, indeed. And we want to thank you all for joining us live. We want to thank you all if you're watching us on demand. We appreciate y'all if you're watching. Either way, show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, sound off in the live chat. We love to interact with all of you in the live chat love to highlight your comments but of course if you're feeling generous you want to give back to what we do here you can send a super chat donation that is nice. so so important to what we do it goes back to the contributors that you see on screen with us here and we always appreciate that so much as well as our members of the channel you can hit the join button and for one dollar a month become a member of the channel like brandon brown who has been a member for four months congrats Thank you for being a part of our community here. We appreciate the support. We got plenty of other folks in the live chat with us here, like Eric Isaacs. We got Safet, who says sup. We got Frantic World in the chat. Power Driver Finisher, I see here. We got Negro Buck, who says good morning, everyone. Uh, we got Real Take Wrestling, who says what's good, bro. We also got uh, Eric Isaac, who says everyone smelled what The Rock was cooking last night. Congrats to our queen, Amanada. For her first ever win on AEW TV last night as well. I instantly thought of Miss Chrissy Love when I watched that. I'm mad I missed it. Well, I have rewatched it, but yes, um, I was super excited. I was like, damn, I forgot the All-Star weekend thing. I was busy, too busy preparing for a SmackDown because I had to do it by myself. Well, not by myself, but my partner was there. But yes, I was super excited and you, happy. You held down the fort. You I know. I was... <sighs> you, went, you went from special guest to to recurring co-host to permanent co-host to in the A position. Look at that! Now, how quickly <laughs> times change. I mean, you know, what can I say about myself? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't toot my own horn. Toot toot. <laughs> oh man, you're hilarious. Uh, we got plenty of people in the chat. Uh, thank you, Christopher Kidd, who who agrees with me. Who says uh, meeting smashing. Uh, fucking take your pick. So yeah, I agree. I, agree. I mean, okay, they're fine, all they're all, they're all in the same family. It's like, <laughs> it's like I, I, well, I, I, I went with the synonym, but okay. you, you gave the other one. Okay. Yeah. I think. Are you I, frozen? Am I frozen? Yeah, yeah. I, I think. think I think. <laughs> I, I see. I see everybody else moving on screen except for me. And okay, because I, I, um, I saw Josh moving. I was like, hey, it's not mine. This is not my system. Because yesterday. It, they tried. He tried it. He tried it. Really, he really, really tried. But it's okay. The the, the you know the lord the lord of the internet always tries <laughs> always tries. Uh, Christopher Kidd says, "Welcome back, Chrissy." He also uh, we also got Power Driver finishes. Says, "You cute, Chrissy." Thank uh, you. <laughs> and then we got our first super chat donation. Thank you so much, Negro Buck, Nikki Thank Boy. You. 
We appreciate you. He says, SP3, were you as happy as I was when bitch ass Jay got purged out of the challenge final? My mom and I high five <laughs> each other. He has turned into such a jerk. I remember when he was a rookie and he was getting picked on in total madness. And then he beat C he beat CT in an elimination and got some got some respect for himself. But he has just turned into a gaslighting, manipulating bitch. So I was I was very happy he got purged and got eliminated. Especially because Corey Corey does deserve respect because Corey's been winning daily challenges. So I, I like the fact that it was Corey that eliminated him. So yes, okay. I was happy. Um, we also got a uh, big hero. Chris says, acknowledge Chrissy. Yes, our our tribal queen is back. You gotta put the as, ones up. I about to say, as, um, up, as the rock did, he put up a gun. But you know, <laughs> I, I knew he was gonna do. It. <laughs> Guns, Guns up. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes, we start off every True Hill Heat flagship podcast with our True Hill roll call, shouting out those supporting us across social media and right here, as well as over on Patreon. Our top three conversation starters on our True Hills group page. We got number three, Argini Bismo, number two, Joe Bellini, and number one, Luis Jaden, once again, the same as last week. Our Patreon backers, you got Vala B, Alan Weinstein, Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, Alex McCarthy, Professor Chris, Austin K, Robert, Steve, Fifth Generation. Carney, Ladarius, Dan, Kobe, Dolores, John Martin, DJ Eric, Marcus Ryan, James, Allen, Santo, Queen Monet, Christopher and Victoria Kidd, and Nick Tim. Thank you so much for supporting us over at patreon.com forward slash through Hill Heat. But let's get into what we missed. And since Josh said he wanted to talk about it, let's get right into WWE SmackDown from last night. The show featured the triumphant first time in the ring together the rock and roman reigns roman reigns talking about how this night would be the night that the rock officially joined the bloodline this brought out the rock who was in his signature luxurious shirt this time in vest form it was like the hollywood rock and the corporate rock made a baby and it became the biggest star in hollywood coming out to officially join roman reigns and the bloodline and sending a warning to roman reigns uh that he plans on making sure cody doesn't win at mania he also explained his heel turn which is basically it was the same explanation for every rock heel turn we've ever seen in our lives of the fans turned on the rock Whenever yes, the yes. Boo the rock, the rock turns heel. That's how it works. Uh Kevin Owens beat uh and oh oh no, yeah, we got the, the, the ones up with the guns up. Uh then <laughs> you had in the elimination chamber coming up to the, that show uh next Saturday. You had Kevin Owens defeating Dominic Mysterio in a good match, probably the one of the better matches of Dom's career, thanks mm -hmm. to a distraction from our truth. While Logan Paul defeated The Miz in a very good bout for both OKO and Logan to qualify for the men's elimination chamber match. Meanwhile, for the women, you had Tiffany Stratton defeated Zelina Vega in a rock solid match thanks to a distraction from Electra Lopez and Legado del Fantasma. Uh, while Naomi made uh, picked up a win in her SmackDown in-ring return over Alba Fire to qualify for the Women's Elimination Chamber. Alba Fire with... took over for Shotzi. 
yes, we're going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> to qualify for the women's elimination uh, chamber along with Tiffany Stratton. And then speaking of Tiffany Stratton, a former NXT women's champion, a former two-time NXT champion, and the current NXT tag team champion. More on that in a bit. Braun yeah. Breaker was Tan officially Braun. announced. Huh? Tan Braun. Tan Braun. Uh, he was officially announced as the newest member of the SmackDown roster. What did you think about everything that went down on SmackDown last night, Miss Chrissy Love, especially the final segment with The Rock and Roman Reigns coming together? Um. Well, you can see all of my takes on Know Your Role. You can watch that review. We do that on Fridays, friends. Shameless plug. Anywho. Um, I thought this was a. I thought this show was better than last week's show. To be honest, I feel like this SmackDown move really consistent. Uh, last night, it, it felt really. It felt like a uh, like an A show. It felt like they put more of their their eggs in this show and this and even from like matches, like it moved like effortlessly. Um, um, DC uh, noticed yesterday that all of the ladies that's in the chamber match are all the the last ladies that was in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't really recognize. And I was like, oh, shit, that makes so much sense. But OK, I'm here for it. And it's going to be like I feel like they're going to give up give bangers. We don't know who the last spot is. I think I know who the last spot is going to be. But, you know, hey, um, but overall, the last segment, goosebumps, chills. Um, you could see Jimmy just like geeking out like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. You know, solos being solo as always. But, yeah, the rock in a vest, not a shirt, because, you know, <laughs> he's evolved he's an older man now so we're gonna put on a vest instead of a shirt and it looked I, I was classic and he was like yeah he i mean he must have gave utah like he, he i mean he massacred that that city like he was just like giving them like jab after jab after jab like the like utah did something so bad to him but overall great solid show Absolutely. I, I, I very much enjoyed this uh, <laughs> Rocks promo. He did get trailed off and seemed like he was going off on a tangent with the sports analogies. And he did have to rush the rest of his promo because he ran out of time. And that's on WWE. That's on WWE for not timing that shit right. Right. Uh, like, I know that I mean, Roman take about 10 minutes to get down there anyway. Like you I, was like, I was like, you know, Roman takes long to get to the ring and you know Rock is long-winded. So why would you put them in the final segment? <laughs> but, you know, you got to give and take. But this was good. This was a and good And I like that they came out separately. Point. Yeah. They had like, let, 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 like, let, let, let Roman has his, have his own time and do what he needs to do and then let The Rock come. So, yes. Yeah. And I, I love the explanation of his heel turn because it makes sense. Like I said, it's it's vintage rock. It's why he's on. You, you, you could have had, had the biggest WrestleMania yeah. main event of all time. You had it in your hand. And you went, we want Cody. We want Cody. You he lost last year. Like, I get cracked, which is, yes, that was so and good. I, and, I love, and I love rock. Rock's main thing about the corporate rock, especially, was the fact that he always, always, always basically used to have his own logic. He was illogical, but he had his own logic to him where yes. that he it, he used to say it and he made you believe it, but it right. wasn't the truth. And yeah, that's what right. he did with, with <laughs> Cody last night with him saying, oh, Cody lost last year. He's done. He's over. He totally ignored the fact Cody won the Royal Rumble this year. Right, like yeah, but like he he won. Like no, he's like no, he, it doesn't even matter to him. Like he he won that. Like it did. It didn't even. He he lost last year. He doesn't get another chance, and he's gonna make sure that he loses again. So I'm so curious to see how. 
this will all play out because it can go so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Josh, I know you want to talk about this and as well as the rest of SmackDown. What did you think about last night with The Rock and Roman Reigns? Um, <clears throat> I thought The Rock was okay. Um, I mean, it was like it was like typical rock stuff. I didn't see nothing like over the top crazy with it. That's just how I feel about it. Um, I kind of exp- I thought he was gonna go. I thought he was gonna lay it into to Cody more. I guess that's what I was kind of expecting, and it was kind of more the same from the Pat McAfee show, to be honest with you. So I mean, he worked the crowd great. I thought he really worked the crowd great. That was great stuff. Um, he called he called out that one fat guy that had herpes in his mouth apparently or something like that. Um, so I mean, overall, I mean, it was what The Rock needed to do. I think it's solid. Um, again, I, I've seen better from The Rock, so it's not. I'm not gonna get too crazy over it. Um, I'm I'm waiting for that face to face when Cody and Rock face to face again. That's probably what I'm gonna wait for. Um, in re- in regards to the actual show itself, I mean, the show was all right. Um, Logan Paul versus Miz. That 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 was an awful match. Uh, they were they were I all. I think it was awful. I, I thought, thought it was, was awful. I thought it was, good, I thought it was a good no, match with a very was, sloppy middle portion. Correct. Yeah, it was just like uh, I mean, maybe, maybe that's why. But I was like, uh, like I was kind of over it at that point. And then even the finish was like a little weird to me. Um, and I've seen work. Got both guys work better, like work together before, like, better before. Um, I didn't like the match. Uh, it was too sloppy for me. Um, but I, overall, like KO and Dom, that was a good match. Dom is kind of getting better. I think Dom, if you put somebody who knows who could carry him, he's gonna look good. Mm-hmm. So he's been looking a lot better as of late. Um, the women's matches were okay. Uh, Naomi's theme. I don't know how I feel about I like that. It. I, I, it, I it's like nice. it. it's a I good like thing. It, it got but me hyped. You know, it's a good theme. It's just I gotta get used to it because I do feel like her last theme is better. Maybe over time. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I, this is one of those instances where it it felt like mainly like to me when I heard the theme, I felt like the same thing of like when I heard Bray Wyatt's a uh, last theme. Like I was like, no, it's not as good as his his Original, last theme, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is good. No, 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 that's how I feel. It's just I, I, I probably have to get used to it. You know okay. what I mean? Like more, the more I hear it, the more that I'm like, oh, all right, this was a really good. Like it's a good song, completely. It's just weird. Like I didn't expect it because, you know, Naomi came out with her theme, her old theme, and then they just changed it. Like less than a month, <laughs> it came back. But uh, it doesn't sound like Death Rebel. That's no, no, Even if it is done by Death Rebel, I'm happy that the fact that it doesn't sound like Death yeah. Rebel. Yeah, <laughs> and then also what I do like is that it's definitely a better theme than the la- lot of the themes, the generic-ass themes we've been getting lately. So, you know what? <laughs> it's true. Generic-ass themes. <laughs> like, like, remember that, that Women's Royal Rumble, like, all the themes almost sound the same. Like for that, a lot you, of them. you know what you're right. You're I, I agree. <laughs> you, that that I can say is true. Yes. No, but overall, I mean it was good. Um, I do like the whole bloodline stuff. It kind of like it's got me interested again. Cause this is this is what they really needed for the bloodline storyline. Mm-hmm. And I like it. 
I still feel like The Rock is going to double cross uh, Roman. That's how it kind of came off to me yesterday, too. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did come up. It did, like, this is this is not a long-term thing where I can see them getting through WrestleMania, but, but they're going to do that right. Yeah, Right. The China is going to make a real quick U-turn very fast. Yeah, and then yeah, there's like, people it making... Feels like, yeah. It feels like, like they are both, like, they're both being measured and they're both the same height. But it's very clear that Roman is is propped up by that title underneath his feet. Like that, yeah. it, once he loses that title, it's not they're on the same level. It's Rock is clearly ahead of Roman. Yeah, and even like yesterday, even like last like two weeks, like ever since like this this came together, Roman does feel secondary. He feels very secondary now. And yeah. Man, you had the reaction, but let me let me let me let me let me uh put some put some props on myself here. Because I, I, I said last week, I said last week after Raw, when I watched Raw and I heard the Rocky suck shit and I heard all that for Rock, I was like, maybe I was, I could be wrong that he wasn't, he, he's not going to get Batista 2014 heat. And then I was proven right on SmackDown last night because they cheered him like he was a fucking god. No one got a bigger reaction than the Rock. No one got bigger boo. Yeah, he, he no got one got bigger cheers right. than the Rock. He, he only got booed afterwards. People, yeah, yeah. You had fifty wives in there. You're inbreds, and then they sang along with all his catchphrases. It was in. It was so <laughs> weird to watch. It was like fascinating and weird to At watch the, same the fans' time, yeah. reaction to the rock. Yeah, you know it's funny. I said that yesterday too. During like when it was on, I said like, "Yeah, this feels weird." Like I said it too. <laughs> like this feels weird. It's like it's like he really wants to be heel, and you can tell he's gonna go in. He's gonna go MJF levels of heel, heel like low hanging fruit in. That's what he did with like the fifty inbred wives, and that was the rock stick guys. Like people say, oh, Rock used to drag on with people in '98 in corporate rock. Yeah, he did, but it wasn't like this. It right. wasn't like what it. This was the same matter in which the Rock. This was corporate rock meets Hollywood rock. It was a mm -hmm. blending of the two with this corporate high chief. And I'm looking forward to, I think this was a nice starting point. I expected them to like make a challenge for Cody and Seth. I expected something more noteworthy than rock just joining the bloodline. Yeah. That's, 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 my, that's, how only, I feel. that's my only big nitpick or disappointment. Yeah. yeah that's well, probably you know, how I still feel. Got, like 50 yeah. days to go. So I feel like maybe it might happen on Monday. Like we still got to get to. No, I, once it didn't happen here, I know when it's going to happen. Elimination oh. Chamber. That's why they're doing okay. that whole Grayson Waller effect segment with Seth and uh, Cody. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With, the Rock via Salad making the yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably more so in line of how I felt about the promo yesterday, which was like, hey, it was, wasn't bad, but was it something like, you know, like the way people make it out to be sometimes? No, because you know sometimes WWE fans tend to uh, overhype something a lot, so. Maybe that maybe that's how I felt about it, but I mean, I felt like it was solid. Like it was, I was entertained. Uh, you know, the rock being a heel was always great. So I yeah. mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and and I like this point by uh, Power Driver Finisher. He says they have to nip the nostalgia in the butt so they can truly boo him. Just stop uh, doing the stuff people. Yes, yes. He, I, he, I was, he was kind of leaning towards that though. You notice because he did the finally, and then he slowed down. And he said, "Finally, you have some meaning in your life." He's he giving you what you what you want, but then he's putting a twist on it. Like he said, "If you smell what the bloodline." 
is cooking. It's not it's you expect it to be something, and then he's putting a twist on it. And the more often he does that, That's I think what he needs to do. it will have that effect. Yeah, I, I wish he would have not even said it at all, to be honest. If you smelled like once you said it, you said, Oh no, 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 we're not gonna do that. And then he was like, he didn't have to say anything. All you had to do just cue the music and put your hands up. That's it. He didn't and left out. Nah, that's fair. Uh, we got a super chat donation here from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, is it me or does it feel like the building the WrestleMania night uh, night two main event is Rock versus Cody? Has Roman said anything about Cody? No, it's clear that it's it's Cody, yeah. it's Cody versus Roman. I, yeah, I have gotten no sense of Rock versus Cody. Like, I have not gotten that sense it's at all. It's going to be the tag match the first night. <clears throat> yeah. And I and I told you guys Rock um Roman was gonna work two nights. Y'all was like, no, he's not doing. It. I'm telling you, he's working two nights. And y'all was like, no, no. This is the only scenario in which he would. He's not gonna do two singles matches. He's doing, no, he's he's not doing, doing a two tag match like, and a single right. match. You no, what what I was saying, no, no, no to was uh, Roman working versus Cody one night and versus Rock one night. That's what I was saying no to. I was like, he's not doing that. He's not doing that. Okay. But I can see I can see him standing on the apron for 15 minutes of a 20 minute matchup and then working the next <laughs> night. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, we got yeah. an another super chat donation from Vala B. Thank you so much, Vala B. He says Rock didn't join the bloodline. He joined the Bang Bang Gang. You know, <laughs> guns, guns up. up. Guns up. He was all he was all guns up. All guns up here. I wonder if Rock is gonna explain that too. Cause you know he tends to like do that on social media, explain shit. So I wonder <laughs> if he's gonna explain that. Oh, he don't over explain it. Don't over explain it. Then then you just kill it. But this is yeah. great. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed this. That's all I can I can really say. I, I wanted mo something more from this, mm -hmm. but what I got, I'm I was satisfied. It's fine. Yeah, it's more like it's, yeah, fine. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good starting point, but we got to talk more about everything going on because there's been a lot of news and notes in regards to <sighs> this ongoing situation with The Rock, Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes heading into WrestleMania, and more information has been discovered in the weeks uh, since the WrestleMania 40 kickoff show last week. The main event picture is seemingly set, though, for WrestleMania 40, as Cody Rose will challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. However, WWE threw people a curveball earlier, uh, earlier this month when it appeared that The Rock was going to challenge Reigns and Rhodes would face Seth Rollins. That would end up not being the case, although Rock is still involved somehow. The <laughs> Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that it was Triple H's idea was that if Rhodes endorsed The Rock on the February 2nd show, that would mitigate uh, any potential backlash, which WWE did expect. However, WWE didn't expect the backlash to happen the way it did. The Rock <laughs> and Brian Gerwitz decided that if fans were booing The Rock, he should turn heel, which is what happened. The story is that Rock and Garutz was pushing for things that are different from creative plans. 
WWE is leaning into this and blurring the lines of fact and fiction. This is why there has been segments pushing a power struggle between The Rock and Triple H. It's believed that when The Rock announcement was made, Triple H scrambled to keep Cody Rhodes involved at all times. One abandoned idea was for the bloodline to injure Rhodes on the February 2nd show, which would take him off TV and set up The Rock versus Reigns. Rhodes would eventually return and win the title. However, there was no point where WWE planned to take away uh, the match with Reigns. Although it's unknown if it was going to happen at Mania before the backlash. They decided that it didn't make sense for Rhodes to challenge Rollins if he was injured, though. CM Punk was the original uh, plan for Seth Rollins prior to his injury. Rollins will now defend against the winner of the men's elimination chamber match at the titular event next Saturday. The segment with Rollins axing Rhodes to choose him was to set up a backup plan as things are constantly changing behind the scenes, especially with Rock pitching various things. It is believed that there are more details from backstage that haven't been revealed but can't be talked about now. Rock reportedly said last weekend that it was best that he be out of the Reigns match and turn heel. He also reportedly pitched Reigns and Rock versus Rhodes and Rollins for night one of WrestleMania. And learning all of this, the Rock for Booker of the Year, y'all. Rock Booker of the Year. Rock greater than Triple H at booking. <laughs> and he's only been there a month. <laughs> To be fair, I will say we we have to take uh, Dave Meltzer's reporting with a grain of salt. He is a widely known rock fan and rock friend. So any information in regards to this, I think came from the rock's camp or the rock himself. Mm. So this is how rock is perceiving how things have happened. Not necessarily the truth. Josh, what do you think about these whole ongoing changes with the WrestleMania plans and the the Rock being the one behind making the decision to put Cody Cody back into the matchup and the tag team matchup that seems to be building? Uh, I think it's a crock of shit. I think uh, they used Triple H. I think I think I think they used Triple H as a scapegoat in this situation. That uh, that's all I'm gonna say to that. I think that's all bullshit, but I mean, regardless, they're making things right. So it was like, it doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah, it's just fair. That's fair. That's fair to think. I'm, I'm, I can't blame I mean, you. I, I can't, yeah, I I can't mean, say yeah. otherwise. Right. I would say, oh, okay, friend. Like, I, I, I won't be surprised too. So yeah, I don't put anything past them. Like the rock also all of a sudden implemented, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you can't, there's no way wow. you could come with me to that. Get the fuck okay. out of here. Tell me how you really feel, Josh. Okay. <laughs> I've been saying it for months. I just I feel like this is a this is all just over explaining for it just was yeah. a miscommunication. And it, that's it fine. If you just say like that, like if there was to just say it like that, that's totally fine. But now you're like you're trying to implement triple oh triple H did this, but then all but then triple H is also the one who booked Cody to win the Royal Rumble. So that would even make him look even worse if that's the case, because if the rock was always Implement it to face Roman, then you still <laughs> fucked up. Oh. <laughs> 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 
man, this, this guy, this guy, uh, Prince, very heated. This, he, he's a Cody Rhodes he fan. Yeah, I about to say, yeah, you done pissed him off. Pissed off, pissed off the wrong one. No, that was the other one. That was the that was the uh, little. That was Winnie. Winnie. Winnie's yeah. a Cody Rhodes fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, that's I mean, basically that's how I feel about it. But at least, I mean, hey, they're they're trying to make things right. Uh, but then it also makes things interesting. Like with where it's going now, it makes it more interesting. So I mean, hey, maybe this is what needed to happen for them to like, you know, do something crazy to to Mania. So at this point, it's like you know, doesn't matter who did what. It's like guys, doesn't matter at this point. Just keep going forward. To mania, like, but like this, uh, this whole thing has made it hotter. It feels hotter than what it was last year. Yeah. It felt like it felt last year. Yes. It was Cody was hot because he just returned, versus Roman is hot because he's involved in the number one storyline with the bloodline. It didn't feel like it was their story together. This has created yeah. their story together, coming mm-hmm. together with what happened in real life of The Rock inserting himself into this, and now it's gone mainstream. No one was talking... I didn't hear about Joe Budden on his podcast talking about Rock and... Uh, talking about Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes ahead of WrestleMania 39, but I sure as hell see clips all over the place of Joe Budden regularly talking about wrestling now because right. of Rock and, and Cody. Well, I mean... Is it, is it because of the people that's on his show now? Because those guys are all... Fairly but it, it's not it's not just there it's espn's talking about yeah, it because they got true. pat mcafee and stuff and because they've been having regular people over there from wwe you got mm-hmm. it's, it's you got all these news companies are talking about the whole thing because they were covering the visit man thing and then the biggest star in hollywood shows up in wwe and something big happens that uproars the fans so they're talking about that and they're covering it there it has gotten gotten so much bigger than what WrestleMania 39 was that this was a blessing in disguise. Rock inserting himself has made this bigger and has actually created the story, not finishing the story. Or is yeah, it- right. which was fine. Yeah, like which 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 I was always okay with because like I understood like hey, this is when you use the Rock. Of course, it's gonna get the most attention for obvious reasons. That's what I was never against. It was just the way it was done that was pretty shitty. And then once the news outlets too, they're covering like they're like there's a lot of backlash. Fans are turning on the rock. Like they were reporting on that too. It wasn't like old oh, rock facing Roman at WrestleMania. Like no, they they were reporting the fact that uh, there's a lot of heat for the way the Rock implemented himself. It was even on TMZ. Like TMZ. It was on TMZ. Yeah. Because it was well, like, oh, it's wrestling sometimes, you know, when it's like something newsworthy for them to, ca- you know, and they even no, like, but not to the extent, on- but not, okay. but not to the, this extent. Like, yeah, it's usually like when, when they reported it, it was like, oh shit. And the way they worded it too, it was like, oh man, they're not, they're not holding punches at all when it comes to this at all. Like, yo, yeah. it was great. <laughs> This feels like the first time since really like, uh, I would say Rhonda and Becky that the mainstream public has like caught on to a wrestling storyline or feud. It feels like that. Yeah. It feels like yeah. the first time because Becky and Ronda was like big, like that. Like I remember TMZ and all the news outlets covering them going back and forth on social media and fans picking sides about that. And this is even bigger than that. Uh, but 
definitely we're going to keep uh, up to date with everything going on, the changes to the Mania, yeah. Mania main event, and when that tag team match is made official, because it seemingly has been kind of already confirmed because they did the whole WrestleMania trailer that had all four guys staring at each other. It's like, what else are you building here? This is obviously going to be the night one main event. Chrissy Love, I want to ask you, though, I want to ask you, though, with that seeming to be the case of Rock and Roman versus Seth and Cody night one, Roman versus Cody night two. Do you think that this is kind of the, the big victim in all of this is the women? Because Becky and Rhea had an opportunity to main event night one with CM Punk being injured. Right. Now they're not. And now even before not. Punk came into the company, it looked like they were going to be a favorite to main event night one, but it seemed like Punk's return and Rock coming in has kind of <laughs> put a bosh on that. And then I'm not even going to get started on Bailey and the lack it's and the disrespect that she is getting as far as regards to oh. in everything about oh. the promotion for WrestleMania. I got, to, I got something to say about that. Is disrespecting Bailey. What do you I, think about all of that? I, I, I'm, I feel really bad about for Bailey, and this is like her first like big like thing where she will win at WrestleMania. But unfortunately, it has to take a back burn. She, she, I hope that she they open both shows maybe, oh, or, or maybe she opens up the first night and then Becky and. And uh, Rhea can be like in the middle of the other show, could be, or they can or they can do both championships for both nights, close with the women. I mean, open with the women and close with the men. Um, but yes, they have taken a, a huge backseat because the, the guy is the bigger star, unfortunately, and it sucks. Sorry, it does suck, it really does suck. It sucks. I'm, I, I feel really bad for them. Um, Main event backlash. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> this is now what is this? This is now three years in a row. No women main events at WrestleMania. 38, 39, and now 40. If this if this goes through. Yeah. Um it's just unfortunate. I'm sorry, guys. Uh yeah. Especially this year, in all in all, like they could have done it, but with Sam Punk there, The Rock there. There's just too many big, bigger name to bring more eyeballs in, if that makes sense. Yeah. It Josh, sucks. I, 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 I wish that, that it was different, but it's really not. We have to, like, be realistic about these things now. Yeah, I think I think that most of them probably understand the whole thing. But I, I just really feel for Becky and Rhea because... Yeah, any other year, that's a WrestleMania main event. Any other year. I mean, I feel bad for the women in general. I I, I think as long as you're on the show, it's a good thing. But the placement is where they have to, like, really feel, really understand and realize what would work. If you, you know, you put them in a shit position, it's like, fuck, now no one's going, everyone's going to the bathroom. You know, someone's going to refill on their food. You know, it's, it's things like that. Like if the crowd is not involved, that's when it gets like really, really messy. But I feel bad for the women in, in overall. Like it's just what it is. Josh, what do you think about uh, the women kind of being pushed out of either night of WrestleMania main events if the tag match is made official? Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I felt like it was expected. So it's like as disappointed it is, it was like eh, you're not gonna. <laughs> you have to. You have Punk coming back. Um, he was gonna main event, 
And then now The Rock, Simple Man. So it's like, you're not going to get past that, unfortunately. It's just, you know, that's the, you know, that's the reality of the situation, unfortunately. Um, but I think both matches are still going to be great. So right, not, I think so too. So, 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 so to me, it doesn't like really, you know, when it comes to that, it shouldn't, it shouldn't diminish anything. Uh, I do agree with the whole Bailey thing, though, mm -hmm. because it's kind of so. When I was on Twitter this past week, somebody was trying to start like some kind of movement with Bailey, like oh, like oh, like the like, Kofi one, something like that. But like no, like the Cody one, basically like oh, we want Bailey. So they're talking about putting her at, for the main event for one of the nights, and I responded, and this was, wasn't me being disrespectful. I responded. Bailey wasn't in the promotions for Mania. She wasn't on the posters for Mania for Mania Forty. Uh, she wasn't at the press conference. Wasn't promoted. And I was like, "That's all I need to know." I was like, "That's all I need to know." What what they're gonna do with this match? Yeah, because when I was on, yeah, like, Bianca was there, right? Yeah, like, Bianca like, was there. Yeah, Bianca was there when she had nothing to talk about because she's not involved in any of the stories. Right, right. But and, I guess because of the show, because of the show, that's why she was yeah. there. Yeah, basically, I was gonna say that um that the whole the whole Bailey thing is just super frustrating because like it seems like all of this has been telegraphed. It seems like like she was given the Royal Rumble win as like a, a thank you, but that's the big moment. And like Chrissy loves saying that for her to open the show, that's the best possible option for us because I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they're gonna put it in the middle of the show and make it forgettable. They will have these, these ladies. Yeah. These ladies will will have will will put in good work, but I don't know if they're gonna get the time because they, they deserve yeah. or the spot on the card. Yeah, they the deserve. thing is, is that they would okay. they would have to for, for the for people to like either remember this or to talk about it. They would literally have to do what what Rhea and Charlotte did. They would have to do what Becky and Bianca did. That's the only way you're gonna get some type of buzz when it comes to that. Um, if it's anything less than that, nobody's gonna talk about it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you have to have like a one of the greatest women's matches in WrestleMania history at this point for Bailey and EO. And I and I think they both are capable of that, so I won't say that that's impossible. Uh, we got here at a super chat donation from Nikki Boy, the Negro Buck Nick Jackson. Thank you so much. He says, For real, for real, the disrespect to Bailey is disgusting. Indeed, indeed, it is. It just seems like she's always that. getting disrespected. Yeah. Even when she gets her big, the biggest win of her career at the Royal Rumble, it's then compounded with more disrespect. Because she was on, she was on SmackDown for two minutes in the backstage segment. Yep. After the last said, two weeks, where she got the best segment. Right, and her opponents got um, more camera time than she did. Yeah. Gotta Sorry. Love Gotta love it. Uh, other news and notes coming out of SmackDown. Uh, Rey Mysterio has been out of action for months due to a knee injury, but it seems like he's going to be making his way back. Um, WWE had hoped that he would make his return for WWE, the Royal Rumble in January, but he was unable to uh, make that return as he was still recovering from surgery that he got in November. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Mysterio will likely be ready to return in a few weeks. Mysterio was involved in a feud with Santos Escobar prior to his injury. 
Uh, do you think that we're going to get Ray versus Santos at WrestleMania? Or do you think we're going to get like a multi-man matchup? I had the feeling that we're going to get like a multi-man matchup. How they've been building this out. It doesn't feel like Santos is as hot as he was a few months ago. It feels like they've been really kind of establishing the group more than him on his own. I think it's a multi-man match. Uh, and they're going to add the girls in there too. It's going to be like a... a, a um... Yeah. Four and was it four? Four and four. Yeah, four and four. I think they get. I think they injure probably like Cruz del Toro, and then Ray's going to be the replacement. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the L at WrestleMania probably. Yeah, I think it's going to be a multi man because even so, like the way that Ray was used last year was a lot better, and and it was a hotter storyline. Uh, we just we just don't have that right now. When when it comes to LWO, uh, we just don't have that. It's too much going on. It's, it's so much happening that it. Where can you fit it in? Exactly. Like they should yeah. have them like do like backstage or like film vignettes or like them places and then imp- incorporate in the show. And that's how we'll build a story. Yeah, and it, I I kind of feel like this is kind of a the other kind of downside to the whole Rock and Rock and Cody and Roman thing being Everybody as hot as it so is. Backstage. Yeah, it feels like everything else is not as hot. Like, like, because that's like, that's like molten, like in the sun, fucking hot. Like everything that's getting, that's getting the light down on them by the sun doesn't feel as hot. Like it's weird. And I think yeah, could be, and then because because even last year, last year there was multiple stuff that you kind of get away with that. Because you then, had the bloodline, yeah. you had the Mysterio thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people, people thing. were upset about the builds for both women's matches. Like, like it was like there was other stories though. There and then, stories and, then, and he had the Gunther thing where he was chasing the the rain, and everyone was like, got invested in that. Um, so I, yeah, I actually agree. Like the the whole Cody, like the whole bloodline thing has been hot, but then the, everything else after that is like, uh, what like, the hell? Yeah, you have L.A. Knight, and it's like he's not in a prominent position. He's like in the chamber, the closest, right? But the closest like, thing to to this whole this whole main event program is Drew McIntyre. Drew, Drew, yeah, yeah, I love, yeah, yeah Drew, it's true. It's true. And <laughs> then even the chamber said, set up, right? Like when I when I was seeing the t- chamber set up, is it just Drew from Raw that's in the chamber? Hold like, on, let me check. Hold on, hold on. I, 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 see I, see I got the screenshot Randy, right here. Bobby, is, is Bobby, Kevin Owens, Kato. Logan Paul. Yeah, he's the only one from Raw. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. LA Knight, yeah. Everybody was like, everybody from <laughs> oh my god. So like, that's already like a segue of Drew winning. Drew's yeah, winning. Pretty much. Like, and yeah, when I saw the line you know, you know so when Logan like, won, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, maybe Randy, they can make that work if they have Randy win. He's a fresh matchup for, for Seth. And it's like uh, you know, years in the making from their bout at WrestleMania. 31, but Drew's the only realistic option. He's the uh, only realistic option, but then there's, there's uh, he's also doing like great shit. Like his heel stuff has been fantastic, even on social media. This is the most I've ever seen a man on social media, and it's been like the best stuff that I've seen. <laughs> Yo, he, I love him clapping back at LA Night after their conference. Oh, the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, that was old timer, and then posted their Wikipedia agent. <laughs> oh, he did that? Yes. He did that shit. He was like old timer. Oh wow! Yeah, he put a side by side, and Drew is thirty eight, and LA Knight is forty one. <laughs> like, Listen, I'm about to say Drew shouldn't talk because you you ain't that far behind. That's what three years. 
Like hey, hey, when it's, when it's three years, he be forty four. <laughs> he still be an old nigga. I was like, you, 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 you can't be breaking kayfabe like that. We supposed to pretend LA not young, yo. Like, what you doing? Nah, nah, uh, nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> we got another super chat donation. Thank you so much, Chuck Berries. He sends a super chat donation saying Pam Bailey Martinez should ask for a trade to AEW and team up with her best friend Mercedes. It's coming. I feel like it's it's like it's in this like Becky. I mean, um, Bailey's not loyal like Becky is going. Becky and well, she already resigned. Like, Bailey already resigned, so that's gonna be a while. That's not gonna oh. be a long. So I, I do have someone though, Chuck Berries. You did remind me of a conversation we had on AE Ramble that I will come back to after we go over what happened on SmackDown this week. Interesting. Because, okay. Because okay. me and me and Jimmy came up with the person from WWE that we think would be the that has the potential to be the number one star in AEW. So Ooh. more on that in a bit. Final note from SmackDown News, WWE has reportedly received a tax break for our filming plans in the state of Ohio. The Columbus Dispatch has a report on the state giving out $44 million in tax credits to various entities filming TV and films in the state, with WWE receiving $1.676 million from the state for the coming year. It's not currently clear what projects are being referred to with the filming, as it's just listed. WWE 2024. WWE does have a number of tapings set in the state, including a Raw and SmackDown in late April. And it was also reported in October, but not yet confirmed that Cleveland was a front runner to host SummerSlam 2024. So, do you think we're going to see SummerSlam in Cleveland this year? Imagine that. It's, SummerSlam. It's looking, it's looking like it's looking it. like I'm about to ask that's a possibility if they know that they can get tax right off and they ain't got to pay no money, which they don't like to pay money anyway. If it make if it make dollars, it makes sense to them. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah, it, it, it kind of it, it feels like it because I know usually uh WWE they they've been on like this whole like betting kind of thing where it yeah. comes to, like these big shows. Uh, so if Ohio's already pumping in the money, they're most likely going there. If they don't go there, then Ohio just looks fucking stupid. Wouldn't be surprised at either. <laughs> um, WWE Raw this week. Uh, the show featured Seth freaking Rollins, ladies and gentlemen, cutting the best promo of his entire career as he went over his past with undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns and why he needed the world title to hmm. uh, basically be on Raw for the people fighting here and why Cody needs to finish his story for all of those fighting on Raw and SmackDown every single day and why he is the perfect person to be Cody shield against Roman Reigns, the bloodline <laughs> and the rock. This was an electric segment. Some of the best promo work of Seth Rollins yeah. entire career. You also <laughs> had Bobby Lashley defeated Bronson Reed in a distant little Haas fight uh, to qualify for the men's elimination chamber match. Meanwhile, LA Knight, yeah, beat Ivar in a pretty good match for him to qualify for the match as well. Meanwhile, over in the women for the women, you had Liv Morgan picking up a victory over Zoe Stark for Liv to qualify for the women's elimination chamber matchup. 
Jay Uso and the New Day. Jay Day defeated Imperium <laughs> in a fun trios Ooh. opener. Thanks to this win, Jay will challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship on this Monday's Raw. And then finally, in the main event, it was Shinsuke Nakamura beating Sami Zayn in a good bout. To mm -hmm. thanks to a distraction from Drew McIntyre, post match McIntyre and Nakamura jumped Zayn until Cody Rhodes made the save, giving us a little preview of Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre, which will be the main event on this Monday's Raw. Want to go to you first, Chrissy Love. What did you think about Seth Rollins' big speech, big plea to become the shield for Cody Rhodes against the bloodline? I, I love the little story he told. Like, you know, this is my fault. I, I, I made this monster. Like, I did this, and which is true. Like, if you go back and rewind, rewind the clock, they were a group, and then, you know, someone wanted to be by themselves, and he had to turn on his crew, and he had the shield. He was like, I taught him everything he knows. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so – this is, this is like, honesty at its finest. Like, you're, you, when they do promos like this, that's when they're golden. And I felt every word he, he, he said. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, you need me. Like, if, what's your plan? Like, what's your plan B? And Cody doesn't have a plan. Like, he just knows that he's going to WrestleMania, and I'm going to get Roman because I have to finish the story. Well, how are you going to finish the story, friend? You don't have any answers. You don't got the answer, Sway. You ain't got the answer, Sway. How, Sway? Like, you don't got it. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this. Um, and I hope it was just, like, coming off of the dome. I hope they just went out there and just, like, killed it and just, like, didn't even practice it or whatever. Like, just like, okay, I'm going to say these these key things, but this is this is how it's going to go. And, yeah, um, you go. I, you got out there with your outline. You got to hit certain points. He had to hit the point about exactly. mentioning him yeah. and Roman in the shield. He had to hit the point about this is my fault. He had to hit the point about Cody needs to to finish the story for yeah. everybody fighting here. So yeah, I think but this I was like the mostly from the heart. Finished. Yeah, I feel like this. I'm out of the story. Still get like a monkey wrench in the in the uh, in the way of the the. The, the story and it's not going to go as like we're expecting. I feel like they're going to like give us a, like a real, like, <gasps> like what, like what are we doing? Or give us some bull, be, some, some BS. So Josh, what did you think about raw overall? And what did you think about Seth's promo with Cody? Um, raw was okay. Uh, there's a few <laughs> stuff that I enjoyed. Uh, the R2 stuff was great too. Um, yeah. he's been, he's been really good. Um, Keep R2 from the and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep and then when he was throwing like the Miz and all that shit, I was like, "What the hell is he? What, is, what, is, what the hell is this guy doing?" Right. Um, I do like the scenario that somebody did pitch. I don't. I don't know who it was. Um, about uh, Truth getting Cena as his partner to face the Judgment Day for the titles. Yeah, that um, was in our chat. I think that was Safet. Yeah. I think that yeah, was that was great. Oh, that was some great stuff. Your, yeah, he is a part timer, so like you really don't need like someone like of important. That'd be hilarious. That probably right. be. Something hilarious. It'll be but, like five minutes. That's all John Cena need to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, in regards to like the promo segment with Cody and Seth, um, it was great. Um, I do like th this run with Seth, the baby face Seth that I was kind of waiting for. Mm. He just feels more comfortable because remember when he was a Universal That's Champion, he was a baby face. It was just like a super freaking generic baby yeah. face character <laughs> this time we're not getting that we're getting somebody who's like you know he seems very confident with what he's saying now and i mm -hmm. feel like with all like regardless of the shit i've gotten stuff beforehand i'm like he's been the one that's probably been the most disrespected because you've seen the way the roman's been treating him even like in the press conference and everything 
Yeah. He's been like not even secondary. He's like fucking like fourth or fifth the way he's been treated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the overall segment was great. Uh, Goaty, uh, I thought that was a great thing that they did when they not that when they played the clip from the McAfee show, and then. Yeah. And then Cody was like, what were we supposed to do with the Nuggets? Like, Pat, you was there. What were you supposed to do? And you see Pat, like, fucking, like, uh, nervous. And he was, like, he felt embarrassed. He's like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think you're supposed to shove it up up your ass, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> it was great. Uh, I, I like the stuff with Cody uh, with, you know, when, when the rock is not there, there's so much you could do, but I felt like both guys delivered of what they wanted, like the message of basically them teasing the tag team match already. Right. So I have been on an agenda as of late since the end of last year, because I do not <laughs> like the disrespect that Seth Rollins has been uh, uh, getting for a couple of months now. This man has been working his ass off. He is the workhorse. He's the hardest working guy in WWE. He's the first one there, the last one to leave, the world champion, and they don't put enough respect on his damn name. You telling me this man has had to watch a guy that he helped train for the job become the head of the table, become the longest reigning champion of the modern era? He helped train Roman Reigns, and he's had to watch that. He can never be the number one because there will always be a Roman Reigns in the WWE. But he was comfortable being the number two, being the modern-day macho man Randy Savage, the flamboyant costumes, the work rate, the building up of championships, whether it be with the Intercontinental title or what he's done with the World Heavyweight Championship. And then they let this motherfucker with (laughs) daddy issues who created the competition for us leapfrog him into number two. Then he's like, all right, I'm just going to make number three the spot to be. He excels at that. (laughs) Then they let this motherfucker who's been talking shit about him and the company for a decade leapfrog him as well. Don't, Don't mind you, four years ago, they let his wife leapfrog him. Don't you know what? You. They Not- leapfrog <laughs> him. They let everybody leapfrog him. And that is why me and Jimmy had the conversation on AE Ramble. If Seth Rollins was to leave WWE, I am firm in saying. I would not be surprised. And honestly, I would expect him to become the number one guy in AEW. Why? I will give you the why. It's two words. John Moxley. John Moxley left WWE in 2019 as at best, at best, at his height in WWE. He was the number three guy. He was the number three guy at best. He walked into AEW with a Chris Jericho, with a Kenny Omega, with all these young guys fighting for different spots, with the Cody Rhodes, and he became the number one guy within months. Seth Rollins is a bigger star than John Moxley ever was in WWE. He will walk into AEW and become the number one guy. If he ever, the only way he can achieve what he's always wanting to be is to do the one thing he is not willing to do 
and that's leave WWE. Yeah, and I still don't see that happening, unfortunately. No, he's not, he's, he he's should. Not he should. He should. If, you, if you're that serious, if that's really what you want to be, the number one guy, the only way you're able to do that is if you leave and go to AEW. Like, you have seen it time and time again. Whether you want to be the number one guy, period, or whether you want to be the number one guy in WWE, you have to leave. Roman's the only one in the past, what, five, six years that's be had a high spot and never left. Cody left, Drew left, Spunk left. All of those are guys in, in your same league, in your same position. It's true. I agree. It's just, it, it's like, it's, I, I'm, I'm the only reason I kind of say it like I'm frustrated is because it's a great idea that's never going to happen. <laughs> it's a great idea that's never going to happen. Tyler freaking Black, AEW world champion. Is the only way he will become the number one guy in the industry. Uh, we do have a super chat donation here from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, I laughed so hard last night when LA Knight called Drew old timer. I'm like, bro, you older than him. LOL. <laughs> I did older than a lot of guys. He's older than a lot of guys. And I, I think people. A lot of LA Knight fans uh, who never followed his career outside of WWE didn't realize how old he was, and that's what makes it even more funny. Absolutely. Uh, we got also another super chat donation from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. As always, you are the funder of our channel here. He says, "Well, Will says the Avengers theme should have been playing while Seth was talking to Cody. They dead ass made it sound like Roman Reigns has been low key this whole time, and the real Thanos is the Rock. That's how Seth's promo sounded like. Like you, we've been we've been fooled. This is the this is the Avengers, the first movie. It's just been low key the whole time. No, he's the army and everything. Thanos is behind this. It's the Rock. <laughs> Uh, we got, we got, uh, Nikki boy who's with me. Yes. We're going to, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to be there for Seth Rollins every step of the way. Senior nerd said SP3 dick riding. Seth Rollins is the stuff of comedy. Oh, is that dick riding? I'm just defending the man. He doesn't do it well himself. So I have to defend him for himself. Uh, Emmanuel says, you're making some points, SP3. I try. I try my best here. I try my best. Uh, we got Cornelius in the chat who says, no offense, Cody might lose and true facts after Cody disrespect the Rock and Roman family. So Cody definitely uh, definitely go uh, go going to lose. True facts, thanks to Rock, is finally in the bloodline. Now Cody going to really lose. What? <laughs> Ready what? Cop. I just read the comment how, how it was said. None of that shit makes sense. Like, but even the whole thing about about Cody disrespecting the Rock's family, you know what makes it funny? Roman, well, what Roman said was more wild about Dusty than than what Cody said about the family. Or he just said, "Hey, like your grandparents will be ashamed of you." Like, compared to he said that his he did say, and then he freaking said his daddy was irrelevant, just like him. Like the fuck. Look like what? Like that's what makes it funny though. That's what makes the whole thing funny. Like the Rock is like so pressed of Cody saying that he disrespected his family, but I'm like, bro, like 
Robin disrespected his daddy. Yo, like, like, and people getting worked by it. Like, people, people get worked that the Rock is not doing this on purpose. Like I said, like I said about the about him ignoring Roman. Uh, that Cody won the Royal Rumble. That's him working you. If you're upset yeah. by it, that's him. You've been worked. That's he. That's heel shit. That's heel oh, shit though. Oh, there's heel shit and then there's ignorant shit. I saw Vala B say that earlier. No, you're being oh, ignorant no, by not no, recognizing that you're being worked and it's heel but that's, shit. But that's what makes it funny, though, because remember, when The Rock is heel, what people remember is that a lot of the stuff that Rock does in his heel stuff, it's, uh, there, it's also comedy. Because yeah. a lot of stuff that like, we're laughing, we're so like him, by him <laughs> not mentioning Cody won the Royal Rumble, it's hilarious. Why? Because, because we all know this is The Rock playing ignorant. It's not a real thing. It's just, it's funny how he was like that Cody lost last year. So he's, it doesn't even matter. Like, it shouldn't even matter. But I was like, bro, he won the Royal Rumble. But that's what makes it funny. Like he completely ignores that. Like that's, that's what you got to do. And he's a heel. So, right. It's like, it's like the shit that we're getting now with Hangman, right. Where we kind of feel like he did, there was a double turn. He's ignoring the fact that, yeah, Sorvin didn't beat him, but he almost beat him. And he beat him twice. That's mm. that's never mentioned. That's never mentioned in the rivalry that Swerve got beat him twice already. It's like that's how it is. That's how you got to do it. And I I was fine with it with the rocks. That that's what makes it even funnier. And that's what makes it better because it's like you're for you, he's completely ignoring why people were upset in the first place mm -hmm. because Cody won the Royal Rumble. And then that shit happened. That's why people were upset. So he's completely ignoring why people were upset in the first place. Right. So, Chrissy, I know you had to walk away for a bit. What do you think about Seth Rollins in AEW? Do you think he could be the number one guy there? No. Why not? <laughs> He's a bigger star than everybody there. Not if you got Will Ospreay there. He's a bigger star than Will Ospreay. What are you talking about? Okay. Look at his bank account. He said that to him four years, oh. four, five years ago. Look at his bank account. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you have him there right now with the current roster, yeah, he'd probably be the top guy. Yeah, yeah. like, like, like I, I see, see, all the other it. guys have been big in, in Japan, they haven't been big in the US, so they're still like they're not even like filling in seats for AEW right now. It's just the nostalgia of fans that go to AEW, I feel like, right now. Yeah, like, show I, I think I think people are misconstruing what it means to be the number one guy. One the guy, number yeah. one guy, like Senior Nerd saying, but now uh, Okada and Osprey are in AEW. Seth will once again be in the third wheels. You know mm. it, bro. No, no, you're actually wrong. You're really wrong because Seth Rollins is a bigger star than Kashiko Okada and in North America. He is. He just is. Like, it doesn't matter if Okada's a better wrestler, which he is. It doesn't matter if Will Ospreay is a better wrestler, which he is. Seth Rollins is a bigger star. Like, there is nothing behind that. And look at the history of AEW. Who has been the number one guys? John Moxley. When John Moxley was the number one guy in AEW, was he the best wrestler? Hell fucking no. When MJF was the number one guy last year, was he the best wrestler in AEW? Hell fucking no. Like, this is true. Okay. Okay. All right, you made your point. Okay. I'm, not, I'm more talking to these people that believe that. Oh, oh shit. Because okay. Someone, because <laughs> someone is a better like, wrestler. 
because someone's a better wrestler than Seth Rollins means they're going to be number one over him. No, that's not how this works. And I also will add the point that this is why the Mercedes signing is being made a big deal because of her star power. That's yeah. why it's supposed to be made a big deal. Like she, like, that, yeah. like Diana is, she's she's good, but she was only on like mid level yeah. like things. Yeah, it's like or on whatever. a scale. Like, like the scale doesn't star, even. Yeah. But if you're talking yeah. about star calibers and like who's going to draw people in, Mercedes. Basically, that's how it works. That's why it's going to boss. We got another Super Chat donation here from the great Will Chisholm. Will says, to be fair, Roman went uh, through a lot. If I had Roman's hair and Vince told me I got to have dog food put in my hair, I would have left. I would have been left WWE. Fair point. Roman Roman been through the ringer to get his spot. To get his spot, yeah, he he has like he he wasn't a top guy for a long time. He was a face of the company, yes, but top dog, no, no, nah, nah. Well, they've tried to force it, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, you can say that, but then I think there's been other people who's been through it worse. I I still think Seth has been through it worse than Roman in comparison, just because like even when Seth got the the WWE Championship, right. He was like one of the worst. Uh, statistically, he was one of the worst W champions in their history. He lost way more than he won as their champion. Like that's, I mean, that's that's terrible. That's okay. horrendous. I think in comparison, I think it was like him and Ray Mysterio or something. I think like that they had like the worst like win rate, like yeah, win loss ratio in history, like in their company history. Uh, but then also when Seth was given the Universal Championship, look at how that entire run went. So it was like uh, he, he was, yeah, he and he was trying his best. best. This he is was definitely his best. best world title run. This is definitely yeah, his. yeah, yeah. And it was like he was trying his best. So I'm like, in comparison, something been through it worse. Reigns, Roman has had it a lot easier. I would say the only downside about it is that because it was so forced, that's what makes it look bad. Because the fans rejected it. Because they just tried this whole thing of, hey, let's make him the next John Cena. Let's make him the face of the company. And people rejected it because it was so fucking forced because Roman just wasn't on that level yet. But yet they were trying to like, you know, they were trying to, you know, they're trying to put the rocket on him and shoot it. It didn't work at the time. Now it's working because we're getting what we wanted. We wanted Reigns to turn heel. He cleaned up his mic skills. He carries matches. This is what we're getting from Roman now. Absolutely. We, we're gonna get. We're gonna send some Will Chisholm some stuff. He deserves it. We still gotta send him his Royal Rumble uh, payment. You gotta That's let me know where to send it. You gotta let me know. He says a message. Oh, I'm gonna say. Oh. I'm, I'm glad now. That's why I, that reminded me. Like I gotta send you that. Like let me know where I can send it. Um, but we got some unfortunate news to talk about. Yes, that means it is time to talk about the latest with Vince McMahon. Uh, as previously reported, the lawyer for John Laronitis responded to a 2019 affidavit from Ashley Manzaro, former WWE star, in which she claimed that she was essayed uh, by someone posing as a military doctor during a 2006 go- uh, goodwill tour by WWE in Kuwait. She also claimed that WWE covered up the, se- the essay and Laronitis's lawyer objected to the term cover-up. 
but said that Laronidas was aware of Mazzaro's allegations at the time, along with most upper-level management. This contradicted a WWE statement from 2019 that said that they were never informed of the legal act, the alleged assault. Mazzaro's friend, uh, Cara Pali, uh, appeared on News Nation and said the affidavit was also what Mazzaro told her when describing the incident. Uh, Cara gave more details on the alleged cover up. She said that Mazzaro told her that her addiction to soma and drug issues uh, was due to talent passing around drugs around that time. Mazzaro said that she was essayed while drugged and attempting to stay awake. Cara also said that she was told that an unnamed WWE executive told her from the room in a blanket, uh, uh, took her from the room uh, in a blanket to the hotel. So WWE didn't know about it. Everyone else uh, went home, but Mazzaro was close to paralyzed as a result of the drugging and had to stay by herself in Kuwait until it wore off. When talking to Kara about it, she said that Mazzaro spent hours sobbing in her arms. Kara said that she knew it was multiple essays at least two or three times. She was in and out of consciousness, trying desperately to stay awake, and she couldn't. Kara says that Mazzaro also told her that she talked to Vince McMahon several times and met with the board, where she was told not to report the assault. Vince had Stephanie McMahon talk to Mazzaro as a woman to be sympathetic, quote unquote, claimed Cara, who said that Mazzaro also told Dr. Fernandez uh, Rios about it. And Rios has later co corroborated this and added that Mazzaro asked him to keep quiet on the issue. Cara claims that WWE threatened Mazzaro to force her to stay silent on the matter. Cara believes it is what led to Mazzaro's suicide in 2019. Cara added that she walked into the boardroom. She was threatened. There was no compassion, no sympathy, nothing. Once again, like we said last week, if you know someone who is being abused or if you or yourself are a victim of SA, help is available. You can call one 800 656 Four six seven three to be connected to the na national SA hotline. It's just like it's, it's, it's wow. worse. Yeah, it's. I didn't. I knew it was gonna get worse, but not like this though. What do you think about Stephanie McMahon being kind of implicated in this, being kind of used as a woman to be sympathetic, but did not really show the sympathy that Ashley needed at that time. Very sad and disappointing. Um, but we knew she was doing most of her dad's dirty work anyway. So it's not surprising. It's just very disappointing. Indeed. Any any thoughts from you, Josh? Um, like I said last week, it was like it just keeps the whole thing it just keeps getting worse. Yep. And I think people just don't, you know, when it when it comes to um Everything that's happened is not only just about Vince, it's a whole company issue. Um, the reason why last week I remember when we were talking about this, it was a little difficult for me to talk about just because like I've met Ashley a few times and she was always great. She was always great in person to me. I just didn't know about the stuff that was like she was going through. And I think there's a part of me that was like, I wish, even though I was a fan, I wish there was more we could have done maybe. Um, sometimes it's hard not to think that way, but it's like, you know, 
when you know somebody's struggling, you know, it's 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 difficult just because you know, we might not know how that how what they're going through, how they feel, but we know they're hurting. Yep. And I think that that's why last week it, it did bother me because of that because I've met her a few times and she was always she was always great with everybody. And that's why I think it's more sad now, like everything that's coming out. But also like what just what's frustrating about all of this is the whole Johnny Ace thing where he knew about this shit. Now it's it's being thrown out there like, oh, you know, like we heard about this. He's only doing it to cover his ass. And it's like, yeah. you're just making it worse. Like he's just making himself look even worse. Yeah, you're not doing it to be helpful or to yep. help it matter. You're doing it to save your own ass and throw everybody else under the bus. So it, it's just it's you're we're gonna get more information more and more as the weeks go on. So I can only imagine what else is gonna come out or who else was affected by the actions of this McMahon. And they are deplorable, they are worthy of punishment, and hopefully we will see that in regards to this federal investigation. I really hope so. I really but hope so. I, I really hope they don't so. get away like his friend did. So, yeah, I hope they all do. I hope like, whoever's involved, I hope something happens because I think she she deserved better. Um, yeah. And I hope that this is like whatever happens. I hope that this is like some kind of closure with the family as well because I know she left mm -hmm. a young daughter behind as well. Yeah. So I think it's something that you know. I I really hope something happens. Like, con you know, accountability, something. Yeah. When it comes to this, something, something has to be done. So hopefully we could see some justice for Ashley Manzaro. Rest in peace. You know, RMP and our thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Ashley Manzaro. Uh, but let's talk about more WWE news, more lighter news than that. Uh, WWE announced a live event in uh, Bologna. I'll say Bologna because that's how it's spelled. Bologna, uh, uh, Italy, <laughs> scheduled for May 1st. The graphic release. For the event featured WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. This raised uh, some eyebrows since McIntyre's current WWE deal is slated to expire following WrestleMania 40 in April, and he reportedly hadn't signed a new deal yet. According to a new report by PW Insider Elite, while McIntyre appears in the promotional graphic for the Italy event, uh, he still hasn't signed a new contract with the promotion. PW Insider also notes that while McIntyre hasn't re-signed with the company yet, WWE is reportedly working under the idea that he will, which explains why McIntyre is advertised uh, for the upcoming European tour. Additionally, it's reported that both WWE and McIntyre are hoping to complete a new deal soon, but a new contract hasn't been signed as of right now. There's also still a chance that ongoing talks could break down at some point. On Thursday, the Fightful Select had another update on the current deal, the current status for WWE, for former WWE champion Drew McIntyre. It was previously reported that by multiple outlets that McIntyre's contract was going to expire shortly after WrestleMania 40. However, based on the new report, that is no longer the case. Last year, Fightful reported that McIntyre's contract was uh, going to be up before WrestleMania 40 with the expectation that this year's show could be the former world champion's last WrestleMania. Fightful's latest report notes that McIntyre is scheduled to perform at WrestleMania this year. So mm. what do you think? I think that WWE is going to throw the bag at them. Be at yeah, because they want to keep them. 
they want them they've there. Been doing, they've been doing that with all their re-signing, but what do you what would you say is like the percentage? Like 70, 30, 50, 50 on Drew leaving to re-signing. What would you say it's at right now for you, Chrissy? 75. 75, 25 towards what? Yeah. Uh towards the, the 75% of him staying. Um I feel like he, he can get the bag somewhere else, but they're not going to treat him the same. True. And he, he's doing the best work of his whole WWE, especially his second run. This is like Oh, my God. Run. This is a good run for him. I, I, I said on last night's show, I'm calling him Drew Hill. <laughs> Drew, he's Hill. Huh. Very, nice. Very nice. Bring it all together. Uh, we got Valor B in the chat who says 90% he's staying. Oh, uh, okay. That's a big, Josh, really, that's a big thing. Josh, what would you put it at? I'm going to go as of right now 60 40. 60 he signs, 40 okay. he leaves. More so because uh, if he would have resigned already, it would have been done, but it's getting pretty True. close. It's so it's kind of like. He could wait it out. It, it it benefits him more because not only he's on the best run of probably his career, um, I would say compared to like his because his world title run, I actually loved his WWE title run, regardless yeah. of what people might say. I thought it was like his best run prior. Um, <clears throat> but he has the most leverage right now. He's right. a top heel, so he has the most leverage right now. And I think that if he's the one that's facing stuff at Mania. I think that's going to be their way of like, that's why they're expecting it because if they put the title on him, that's going to be their way of trying to re-sign him because that's what they always do. They always try to yeah, put some type of title, yeah. mm -hmm. which like, you know, like that's their leverage. Like, yep. you know, that's their, that's always been their like, negotiating tactic. Yeah. That's always been like their, their negotiating tactic, which is fine. Uh, but I think that's where they're going to go with it. Like, Hey, you went, we'll put you to win WrestleMania if you uh, sign this new five-year deal. So Watch, they're gonna they're gonna announce Drew and Cody re-sign right before WrestleMania. Most likely. They're gonna, they're gonna announce both of them and then new champions being crowned. Um <laughs> but a final show, uh well, final note from WWE Smack uh WWE Raw this week during Tuesday's Wrestling Observer Radio. It was reported that originally the originally scheduled competitor to be the last person to enter the women's elimination chamber match and win the last chance battle royal on this monday's raw was going to be jade cargill the battle royal will feature all the women who lost their qualifying matches for the elimination chamber match including Shayna baszler meachin zoe stark uh Sh not not shotzi alba fire and Zelina vega it looks like the match will also feature other superstars who didn't compete in qualifying matches such as Chelsea green and that could open a potential path for jade cargill to win the match and earn a slot in the chamber pw insider did report later in the week that that this plan has been scrapped that jade cargill will not be in the last chance battle royal but then jade appeared on smackdown last night so Maybe we're heading that way. What do you think about Jade Cargo potentially being in the Elimination Chamber to complete giving us the final six of the Royal Rumble in the Chamber matchup, Chrissy? Um, I think it, it's – I'm at like 90% that it, it should – well, first of all, it had her and uh, Tan Braun there, and he she never came out. So I, it's telling me that she's going on to Raw. So she'll get the Raw slot. They'll probably have her go against someone – well, like Natalia 
or whatever. Like, well, she's so. in the last. It, she would be in the last chance battle royal if she's gonna. Oh, be okay. Oh, that's what they're gonna do. Okay, so they're doing the last chance. So yeah, she would. She would be the winner. I think she. She. she I think it should go that way. Give it to her. She won't win the chamber match, or she could. Well, yeah, she won't miss the win the chamber match. She won't get pinned, but you know, she can be the one that you know goes to chambers match and be one of the, la the last one. I think it's a good addition and the, let the girls cook it up. But she has to be pinned or submitted, but you just have everybody hit their finisher on her, and that's protects her. If everybody has to gang up on her, true, because she's such a uh, a dominant person. It took all of them to take her down. Yeah. And it also can help if you're if they are building to Bianca Belair versus Jay Cargill. So it works on a couple of it works different on a, levels. Yeah, mm -hmm. Or let them be tag champs or whatever. Who knows? Either or. And then you had WWE NXT this week. The big note from this show was new NXT tag so team champions. No, it's not because the Wolf Dogs are on fucking top. Woo! Oh my god! Okay, if he goes to SmackDown, so he's doing both shows. Like that's the shit that doesn't worry, make any don't sense. Don't worry, we'll we'll have more on that in a bit. Okay. Uh, okay. The Wolf Dogs of Ron Breaker and Baron Corbin defeated the families Tony D'Angelo and Stax in a great main event to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. You also had Carmelo Hayes beat Joe Gacy in a fun match. Post match, Dijak attacked Gacy and put him in a straight jacket, and then. Some news and notes since Chrissy Love is very upset about the Wolf Dogs winning tag team gold. We got to share her the notes from PW Insider Elite that had an update on Braun Breaker's call up to the main roster. Okay. PW Insider reports that Breaker's debut matchup would be taped last night as they did a double taping for SmackDown since the roster will be flying out to Australia the following week for WWE Elimination Chamber Perth. The episode will air on Fox on February 23rd via tape delay. Fightful Select also reports that uh, Breaker and Corbin have impressed officials as a team so much that there have been discussions of Corbin joining Breaker on the main roster when that happens. Officials have also talked about possibly changing the team name to Spear of Days, which is fucking awful. Uh, the two <laughs> are currently going by the Wolf Dogs, right. a name Corbin is disdainful of in storyline. PW Insider Elite notes that WWE we uh, changed its plans regarding a potential move to the main roster for Corbin uh, uh, for Braun Breaker due to his recent NXT tag team success with Baron Corbin. And uh, there were reportedly rumors of Breaker moving up to the main roster immediately following his recent appearance at the WWE Royal Rumble, but that was delayed in regards to his work with Corbin. And it should also be noted, Tiffany Stratton has joined the SmackDown roster, while Carmelo Hayes looks to be staying on the NXT roster. What do you think, Josh, about Breaker being on the SmackDown roster, and do you think Corbin should be called up with him? Uh... Breaker being on the being on SmackDown, I think it's fine for him. I think Corbin should be called up. Uh, I don't know. He's been doing some great shit in NXT, but the problem is that you bring him back up, it's gonna be the same mess that it was prior. So it's like I don't think so. If they call him up in a tag team, I think that this is right. this whole tag team has shown a different side to Baron Corbin. Where well, I mean, I hopefully, it would be I mean, yeah, because the thing is though. Because even if you bring him back up in the tag team, that does sound like a good idea. The thing is, is that are they going to be committed to that? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's different. It's, it's different. Like, if you bring them up because of what they've been doing in NXT, but then when it comes to the main roster, it's like, 
oh, okay, what do we do from here? That's where I kind of like, that's, I think that's where my thoughts kind of land on. Um, but I mean, Breaker being called up now, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's been kind of long overdue already. Um, he, he showed out at the, at the rumble. So, I mean, he made his case, so you got to do it. Then why make them win the belt if they're not going to be like, uh, you're going to be going back and forth. Like, don't be like, don't be like Alba firing them. And then they just strip the belts away. No, it's going to be like Dom, Dom's NXT, uh, North American title run. And you, and you can still make it work, like yeah, you can still make it work because yeah, because like the NXT stuff so. is. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> but whatever. No, I'm saying like it could work, as in like scheduling like, the traveling. I don't think I don't think he minds just because it's like, hey, I get two paychecks, fuck it. So I think I think it's good for him. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it is weird timing. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that's why I thought that's why I thought they were gonna lose because it was like, all right, they're gonna lose, and a breaker goes up to the main roster, but. No. If they're considering, if they're considering the storyline with Corbin, I think that's also fine. Just because it didn't need to end that soon between them. So I, I think, I think, I think they, they realized that this got over the, yeah. in a bigger way than they thought it would. And that's why they rushed yeah. the, the title match. Because the yeah. title match, usually the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winner doesn't get his title match until Stand and Deliver. And it happened on this show because they want them because they want them to have a run before they drop it at stand and deliver. Relax, you just got to deal with this for two months. Relax. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's NXT. I don't watch NXT anyway, so yeah, yeah, I know Josh doesn't have to worry. Um, speaking <laughs> of stuff that happened on NXT that Josh doesn't know about, the Wrestling Observer newsletter reports that Idris and Nofei suffered a serious injury on the February 6th episode of WWE what? NXT. Nofei did appear in a promo segment but hasn't wrestled since. It's unknown exactly what the injury is in a post. In a post on Twitter, Anofi commented on the reports but said he was fine. He said, hey, how the fuck y'all know about this? Who, who snitched? I laugh my ass off. I'm going to be right. Uh, a new report had has some notes on uh, uh, Idris Anofi's injury. Anofi's injury happened about halfway through his and Ma- Malik Blake's tag team matchup with Nathan Frazier and Axiom a couple of weeks back. As noted, Anofi has confirmed the injury and said he will be fine. That was a report by Fightful Select. But in more serious notes, a knee injury reportedly took place during a match tape for next week's episode of NXT. Fightful's Corey Brennan uh, reports that the NXT Women's Championship matchup between Liar Valkyria and Shotzi was stopped after Shotzi appeared to suffer a serious knee injury. The report notes that Shotzi was helped to the back and is being checked out. No word on her status as of yet. She was pulled from her scheduled qualifying matchup against Tiffany Stratton for the Women's Elimination Chamber matchup on Friday SmackDown. A new report had additional details. Fightful Select reports that Shotzi hit her knee against the side of the ring after taking a fall to the outside of the ring during her matchup with Lyra Valkyria. The match was stopped as Shotzi was unable to continue and she was helped to the back. Several sources in NXT confirmed that Chelsea wasn't able to take weight on her knee and oh. had to hop to the back with help from the medical staff. Uh, she was said to be clearly in a lot of pain backstage and officials were very concerned and she was taken to a medical evaluation. For clarity, the injury is confirmed to not be a work and it is considered to be a freak accident for Shotzi. So 
Best wishes. Hopefully, Shasi can come back very, very soon. But sad to hear about the injury. Yeah, that's, uh, I, that explains why she was on the episode. I'm like, I thought she was injured. Like, how is she here? But, you know, she got injured or whatever. And that was taped or whatever. Um, so, yeah, prayers to her. Um, hopefully, you have legs like Bionic um, Charlotte because you'll be back in no time. <laughs> legs like Bionic, Bionic Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's already exercising. Like, yeah, she's, she's on one. Like, like, right. SummerSlam. Here we come. Here she come. Uh, AEW Dynamite. We're going into the converse. We're out of the WWE into the converse. Dynamite this week. The show featured the Young Bucks in a pretty good, a pretty fun <laughs> match, picking up a win over Top Flight. Post match, it looked as if the Young Bucks were about to EVP trigger poor Tony Schiavone, Alfred. To Sting's Batman until Darby Allen made the save. Yes, Robin made the save. But then Robin went off and went shooting. He cut a controversial shoot promo about the Young Bucks, about not hiring him in 2019 and putting over Cody Rhodes and then challenging Matthew and Nicholas Jackson for the AEW World Tag Team titles at AEW Revolution. Uh, this promo got a lot of flack and a lot of praise, so it was very Deep Freeze. You're muted. Um, oh, I think he did because he froze. Okay, yeah. Sorry, guys. Look at S look at SP's face. Oh, oh my Raj, speaking of uh, oh, there you go. What's going on? Okay, it's not my internet. It's a lot of <laughs> all right. I thought it was mine because I saw because no, I no, heard like he the froze. silence. <laughs> oh, froze. Okay, thank you, John. Uh, sorry, guys. Opener. Excuse me. Uh, Are you there? I, yeah, I was you talking that whole entire time. I know I froze. You were like, then you were like. <laughs> yeah, you got it's in the middle of like the Young Bucks thing, and then it just it stopped. And then I, it's I, I, I realized I realized because it was on the same picture for a while, but I was like, I'm gonna keep going. Just. No. Oh. See, like right now. Right now, right now, um, Wait, like that, like that, like that. Yeah. That's that's exactly what happened, right there. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> SP, if you can hear us, you need probably need to go in and come back out on my path here. Uh, but yes, yeah, no, it's not working, friend. We have to go in and out. Yeah, it's going in and out. You gotta have to reboot it, friend. And I have no notes. Um, how do you feel about the Young Bucks wearing the same white suits over again? Oh, me? Uh, it's hilarious. Because uh, <laughs> they beat I the was, shit. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I was watching it. My husband was like, ain't that the same suits they had on last week? I was like, yeah. He was like, they didn't think that they want to change. I said, no, I think it's a part no, of No, they life. haven't. No, they haven't since Rampage. Because uh, Right, that's what I'm saying. They didn't want to change since, since last week. I think that's a part of the whole gimmick. Like, no, we're going to wear these dirty bloody up white suits and like like let these people know what it is yeah and they've been wrestling in it too so i mean it's been great i've it's loved it i'm here for the the vp hills of the uh young bucks <laughs> i mean i loved it i know there's there's people who who didn't like uh, the whole promo exchange or like the fight or whatever i mean 
to each its own. Like, this is why we love the love wrestling. It, it is like everyone has an opinion. Everyone's going to give their opinions, even if we don't want them. Um, but yeah, that's why we, I, I might not like it and you like it. That's why it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but then it's also another thing because, because this is something that I noticed too, which when SP3 comes back in, I want to get his thoughts on and where, when it comes to uh, the matchup itself, Sting, Darby uh, versus the Young Bucks, mm -hmm. there's people literally complaining like, oh, that they're doing, AEW doing Sting dirty wrong because this and that. But it's like Sting picked a match. Like pink, this is what, this is Sting's doing of yeah. what he wanted. The only thing Sting didn't want, he didn't want the tag titles. Like he didn't want that. But this was their way of getting the titles uh, back to the Young Bucks because originally the Young Bucks were supposed to win, but FTR mm -hmm. didn't want a job. They didn't want a job to them. So this is their way of getting those titles. So Indeed. we take them off these guys and put them on them, and then, you know, it goes in the whole back circle. SP, you're back. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think – I don't – I'm not – I don't think the Young Bucks are going to win that revolution. But. Me neither. I feel like they're going to lose. I think Sting is going to go out on top, like, as he should. As he should. They they're basically doing what WWE should have done with Undertaker's streak. Just I have mean, him, have them go out with the streak. Uh, but I did you guys talk about the uh, the controversial promo by Darby? Yeah, well, we, a little bit. We just said like I was like I didn't mind it. Um, I know there's people who didn't like it. Um, I don't. Know, I thought it was weird, like the reaction to it. Cause I thought it was, I thought it was well delivered. Yeah. Um, I didn't think much of it, and then I saw like the outrage of it. What What was the problematic part about it that made it an issue? Okay, so I I am not as I I can see why the promo would be good to some people. Okay, got a great reaction. It got a bunch of shoot shoot lines in there. My big issues with the promo is one a minor issue. You don't need to say, and I'm not talking about Kenny Omega, when you say, uh, at least there was an MVP with sense of brains back there. Let the crowd think, oh, maybe he's talking about Kenny. Maybe he's talking about Cody. You don't need that, because then that that had the crowd chanting for the number one babyface of the other company. So I don't, I don't think you need that in that promo. But my bigger issue is that, Okay, you're upset at the Young Bucks. They didn't hire you in 2019. You're upset at the Young Bucks for them hiring their California friends. You're upset at the Young Bucks because they want Sting's final match. You did not mention the Young Bucks bloodied you and, and Sting's entire family last week. It was like that shit never fucking happened. That's so true. You're right, because he he massacred all his twin, his boys. Yeah, that was the part. Yeah, that was the only that was the nitpick I have. I was like, no, he should have just was, that. That was the biggest issue, and I don't think enough people really said enough that that's the issue with this promo. It's not any of the shoot stuff. It's the fact that you completely ignored the great angle you did just fucking last week. That okay, I get it. Yes. Yeah, I think that was like yeah that that's where I was more in line with. But I know, like, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm, 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 go, ahead. go no, ahead. No, I'm saying, like, I, I know, like, that was like my nitpick, too. I was like, he, he should have mentioned that, but everything else was kind of like, I guess I was a little lost because, like, hope the all the shoot lines and shit like that. I, I guess because I've gotten so used to it that it was like, uh, I didn't mind it. 
But then I saw there was people who were like legit mad over that stuff. And I was just like, okay, like this is what they always do. Like, what what are you mad about? That's what that's how I felt. I was like, what are we mad about? Like, this is what they always do. Um, maybe they were upset because it came from Darby. They said maybe somebody else should have said it, but I was like, it don't matter. Like that no. this is what's going on. Like this Darby is what the match is going on. We talked about that on AE Ramble. Darby was the best person because he's yeah. very and much a a fucking CM Punk avatar. Yeah, yeah. Which which I agreed with that. that and that's why I, I was like, where people I was just like, uh I just think it was like those things where people, those WWE grifters that they complain about AEW, but then they don't watch AEW, so they find ways to complain. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> um, so, I mean, hey. And you don't even right? fucking watch, and you so upset. <laughs> He's upset about the storyline. He's so upset he doesn't watch. And I'm like, there's a, there's a fucking story here. It might, not, it might not be the story that you don't like. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that it's non-existent. Yeah, well, you know, he's always gonna find I'm proud of John Alba arguing that with him. Like, there's a difference between a story not being there and a story you're not connecting with. That is, you can't say that there's no story just because you're not connecting with it. It's like all the Diana and Tony stuff. Like, uh, Bully Ray bitched about it weeks ago, but I'm like, no, there's a story there. It might not be the one that you like. Doesn't mean it's not a story, which I actually it. like it. I actually like the the Tony yeah. and Deanna and someone, stuff. Someone, someone got to tell me if they they I loved it. it open if if Bully Ray apologized because they addressed the one issue he had. They they say, oh, they tell me about the tattoos. The very next week, they told him about the tattoos. So did he ever apologize to them? No. And know. Tony took it a step further where she added a dagger on the tattoo. That was great. Uh, talk about the rest of uh, of Dynamite besides the Darby promo and Young Bucks. You had uh, the Swerve Strickland, Samoa Joe, and Hangman Adam Page promo, where Hangman was the fucking MVP, giving yep. us giving us Roddy Strong fall of 2023 whiny energy uh, <laughs> against Swerve Strickland because he never beat him last week, and then Samoa Joe sh- shutting both men up <laughs> to get the mic drop at the end. We got a great hard-hitting bout between Dax Hardwood and John Moxley, with Moxley picking up the win. Post-match, Moxley and Claudio laid out FTR to set up a tag team match next week. You had Copeland and Christian going at it for the number... uh, No, Copeland and Garcia going at it for number one contender for the TNT Championship. However, it was the Patriarchy who came out to interfere, getting involved in this one to cause a double disqualification and no contest in this number one contenders matchup. It looked like they were going to go for the concerto on Garcia, but, but Copeland made the save and wound up getting the concerto himself. So much great heat in this segment i love this segment uh, a lot uh christian and the patriarchy standing tall while garcia and copeland watched on speaking of timeless tony storm we got her latest film wet ink as she got a tattoo of a dagger over the duck that her and uh diana Parasso got matching tattoos of which led to diana uh telling her that she's gonna break her arm at revolution bitch Willow Nightingale picked up a win over Sky Blue, thanks to interference from Stokely Hathaway. And OC Orange Cassidy defeated Matt Taven in Matt Taven's best AEW match to date in a Texas death match. Mm-hmm. Bloody wild. Mm-hmm. And Matt Taven showed the fuck out because I yeah, said to Jimmy, and I will say to y'all, 
I was as much entertained by OC versus Taven as I was at Matt Taven versus Tables. Because that was the other match going on in this matchup. Because he couldn't break the first one. He broke the second one with Orange with a powerbomb. Then he goes for the third one with a dive. And oh my God, that dive was awesome. Diving uh, was... right into the table. Yeah. When it comes to that match, too, you, you know, like I've always been a Matt Taven fan, regardless of what people think of him. I think he's, I think he's a good performer. I think he's very, I think he's undervalued, he's in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I guess like because of the whole thing that happened with Ring of Honor, he gets like this weird reputation. Um, I, I think he's a great guy, like overall. Um, the match itself, it kind of started off slow because I got a little worried because I was just like, fuck, like, this is supposed to be a Texas death match. What the fuck is going on? Like, there's nothing going on, right? And then all of a sudden, when the dump tax came out of the fucking the, the, the Valentine's Day box, and I was like, oh, all right, finally. And then all of a sudden, they just showed the fuck out after that. Like, they started using the, the thumb tax, like, even that spot. They use it, like, three times. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's usually, like, one big spot that they use the thumb tax. This time around... They yeah. used it constantly. OC hit it, then Taven hit it, then they both hit it. So I thought that was a like great use of that. The table spot though was hilarious. Like Richie said, he flew out. <laughs> he flew out. I was like, oh my god. No, it was the the wide shot that made me yeah. laugh hysterically because everything on the announce desk exploded off the desk when he went through the table. <laughs> yeah, it was freaking great. I was like, holy shit! Like that's where it started picking up. And it ended up being a great match. Like it started off slow, but after that spot itself, it you became a great match. Yeah. Like, no, it, it did. But I got a little worried. I'm not going to lie to you because of the Texas Death match. I was like, oh man, this is kind of very underwhelming for a Texas Death match. <laughs> and then they really picked it. They picked it up. They picked it up. So, I mean, kudos to both guys. Yeah. True. Senior nerd bringing up apparently, uh, people in the back hated the Darby promo and goes as far as saying they wouldn't never let it go out. Uh, uh yeah, that was a report yeah. from Dave Meltzer, which I will just note here. And I've Ooh, noted Brian this a couple of times, uh, Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer, anything Wrestling Observer has kind of had a bad week this week because a lot of their reports have been rebooked by like. Fightful um, and yeah. actual wrestlers, and like it hasn't been a good week for Wrestling Observer reporting. So, like I said earlier, with the report about what The Rock did for the WrestleMania main event, take everything Wrestling Observer wise right now with a grain of salt. And yeah. I, said it, I think I said it on this flagship podcast, and I've said it on this channel for sure. You go to Sean Rossap for reports. You go to Dave Meltzer to complain about star ratings. Yeah, because. <laughs> But also, another, like you just brought that up, right? Another issue I had been having with uh, um with them too, is that the way they kind of been talking about it is like they're very like loose about it. Like, it, it, like it kind of feels like they're not telling the truth about things, yeah. or they kind of been like all over the place to me. So, like for example, we hear like the report last week that the morale has been up for a while in AEW. Oh, but then right, that's, that's in the the notes here. That's yeah, that yeah, yeah. But then. Yeah, but then there was another thing. All right, so you got the notes. Like, I think there's a part that I kind of have, like, hmm, what do we believe? You know what I mean? Like, there's another part of the report that I'm like, <laughs> what's what's true or what's not true? And it came from them. So if you have it on your notes, we'll speak about it then. 
Uh, well, we have bigger, uh, some bigger news in AEW because it was on last Sunday uh, that Kashiko Okada had his last official NJPW singles matchup, and now it is made official by Fightful. He is expected to sign with AEW. Fightful Select reports that Okada, who exited NJPW at the end of his contract in January, is heading to All Elite Wrestling, and that a deal was effectively reached within the last couple of weeks. The report is clear in noting that there is no confirmation that the deal has been signed yet, but AEW has been confident in landing Okada as far back as mid-January. There is no word as of yet on any firm plans on when Okada will debut under contract with the company. Sources have indicated that it will be after he reaches his NJPW, uh, finishes his NJPW commitments. And there have been creative ideas talked about for the former IWGP heavyweight champion since January. And there has was some discussion this past weekend that the first half of March would be a big one for all elite wrestling. As previously noted, uh, Mercedes Monet is expected to debut at AEW Dynamite Big Business on March 13th in Boston. And it should be noted with Okada, WWE did have conversations with Kashiko Okada. And some and Okada had some talent in WWE that said that Okada had wait, had been weighing his choices between the two. But as of now, barring any major unforeseen change, he will be coming to AEW. Interesting. I mean, I think I think that's plain to say that all that Okada to WWE nonsense was just 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 smoke. It was just smoke because this was this was fucking clear to me when Okada became a free agent that he was likely going to AEW. But we had fucking Meltzer and we had Monthly Peruso who put out that bullshit report about him heading to NXT, and it's just like. The one that made the most sense was AEW from the beginning. Yeah. This is kind of what we elaborate to as well. Especially like, if he's friends with um certain people there. They're like, yo, come here. We'll take good care of you. <laughs> you need time off. You, you need to like grow over here in the U.S. We're going to go, go across the country and in the world. And you can go back. You can still stay in Japan with your wife when your wife is this big time celebrity. And you can come out once a week. You can come, yeah. you can make you can make your flight on a Tuesday, you yep. work the show on Wednesday, and you can go back home on Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> and come and back it, and then spend the whole week, and then you don't have to travel again till yeah. Tuesday. And we're gonna play you six weeks. gonna be on dynamite, he's not gonna be like on collision or rampage, or you know, they'll just tape all the shows one night or whatever, however they're gonna do it, and go back home. Well, he'll probably do collision if if uh, Danielson kind of pitches that because I think they have uh, so much respect for each other that I think if Danielson was to want to have something with him on collision, though okay. he'll probably do that. That'll probably be his best way to do it. But I always thought this was probably the best move as of right now because if he goes to WWE, yeah, he'll get more exposure. But it's like right. anything besides that, he's not going to be a top guy. Like, he's not going to be what Cody is. He's not going to be what Punk was before he got injured. He's not going to be that guy right now. So him picking AEW makes more sense. Why? Because, one, he's probably getting, he's probably getting the bigger deal money-wise with AEW. Two, lesser schedule. Everybody loves that. He only has to work, like, once a week, and then he's good. He's like, uh, he's like I'm getting paid. Yeah. Offering me more and less dates? 
Yeah, this yeah. is easy. Scott Hall yeah. and Kevin Nash taught us a long time ago. You go yeah. to a place that's offering more money, less dates. Yep. And then also, um, but then also he gets to, he gets to stay in Japan. That's the reason why Osprey also picked AEW because that was the leverage of hey, you could still live in the UK, you could still see your kids because that was something that Will did speak about. I think a lot of people didn't know about like oh he has a family. Like yeah, Will has a family. He did speak about that, and that was one of the things he was open to. When it comes to WWE, it's this whole aspect of oh we want you to live in Florida, which is fine. Like that's just their business motto. That's which I understand because of the tours, the you know, the traveling, all that stuff. Uh, there's guys who just don't want to commit to that. And if you could get more money, less dates, and be what you're at now, you're gonna take the better deal. Like that's I think that's the better deal. I live in Florida, okay? Well, I've been... Nobody wants to live in Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, there's uh, I mean, uh, Patriots and like you know the righties. They want to live in Florida, but that's another okay, story well, for another. Day. Florida and whatever. But that's a, that's know. another story for another day. Correct. Yo, it, it really be like, yo, like Triple H is not a good negotiator. Can, can, can we start can, having this conversation? You can definitely tell that. I, I feel like with all these people that's been, <laughs> been free agents, you can tell Triple H that's not his forte. I'm, I'm like look, I'm like looking side to side in case WWE also, or one I, of their fans want to attack me because yeah. Triple H is not a good negotiator. This dude has whiffed on every single free agent. The only free agent he did not whiff on was a free agent that you had an op in the company of Julia. Julia, you needed an op to get her. Literally, like wow. And outside of that, the people that they did get back, like like they got Jade, right? They got Jade, which she was already WWE bound, regardless. Ops. Like looking back no, at it, yeah. literally all their signings, it was ops. Yeah, Jay, Cody, uh, uh Punk. Andrade, Charlotte, Punk. Punk. Uh, yeah, Punk's the only one. Punk's the only one that there was no ops. He opted himself out. Yeah, he, he had to go somewhere. And then also, I even said it like you know, somebody brought it up to me, and I was like, "Yo, this is the the trade off that they basically getting right? They got they got they got Jade and Punk, right? Now AEW is gaining Osprey, they're gaining Okada, they're gaining Mercedes. I preferred the three over the other two because, again, Jade I think is more sports entertainment than anything. Uh, Punk is ent sports entertainment. The other people got the other people are workers. Maybe Mercedes." Uh, she's both, in my opinion. So you're, I think you're getting better workers within the environment of AEW. AEW again, they want to be the alternative. They're not trying to be WWE, and I think that's the, that's also the another thing that people are are getting confused with. Like, oh, AEW needs to do this. They need to do storyline. They need to do that. That you're basically just telling us you want AEW be WWE, and if they're gonna be like WWE, then it defeats the purpose of an alternative. Mm -hmm. Yes. That never works for anybody that's not WWE to try to be WWE. Uh, but the other big news note from AEW this week was according to a new report, we got someone else coming into the company, but it's someone, an old face coming in as QT Marshall is returning to All Elite Wrestling. According to Fightful Select, where they report that uh, Marshall and AEW have worked out their previous issues, and he's said to be returning to the company in a backstage, behind-the-scenes role he previously held, and he will not be working as an in-ring talent. The agreement for Marshall to return was reportedly in place as early as two weeks ago. Also, QT has not made his return to the company as of yet. 
Following his return, it said that QT will still be free to continue wrestling outside of AEW, with the exception of WWE. Marshall wrestled for the first time since leaving AEW during a recent Turnbuckle Championship wrestling show, and QT is currently working with Cody Rhodes' sister, Teal Rhodes, on the revival of TCW, which is uh, which was created by Dusty Rhodes, and they recently heard their held their first show earlier this month in McDonald, Georgia. The show featured appearances by former WWE superstar Matt Cardona, Scotty Riggs of WCW fame, Glacier, and Aaron Solo. And Fightful Select also reports that Marshall has not yet been backstage at AEW, but agreed to return in January. Any thoughts on QT Marshall returning to AEW? I am sorry. I can't help but smile and laugh because it's like, damn, yo. That's like being, yo, that's like being you like hot shit. You like some player dude that break up with your girlfriend. And like, man, I got plenty of girl. I got plenty of fishes in the sea. And then they go to like the club and go out and try to meet people. They on Tinder for like a month. And then they go back to their girlfriend. Like, baby, I want to, like, they come begging. I want to come home, baby. I, I I made a mistake. Can can you let me back in? Yeah, go 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 back wagging with your tail in between your legs. Come back, and we'll accept you. Come on, I know. Mm-hmm. I but, told that, but this is the ultimate. This is like this is like you do all of that. You come back to the girlfriend, and then the girlfriend said, "You can't have sex though." <laughs> you have no relationship, but you can't have they yo. They told him you can only do behind the scenes. We don't yes. want you as an in-ring talent. Oh shit. Oh shit. Like you you can be in a relationship with me, but you can't fuck. Hey, yo. <laughs> yo. Uh, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> It's going it's true though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You can have I'm your cake, sorry. you can't eat it too though, friend. You can have no. your cake, but you can't eat it. That's how yeah. I mean I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised that he came back. Uh it 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 cut it does come off like he was weighing his options and maybe he saw his options were in the best situation and he decided to come back uh but i mean him not wrestling it's just um i mean nobody just want to see qt with russell on on aw that's just that's just reality of the situation he could do it anywhere else i think he's great in triple a but besides that i mean i don't want to see a qt marshall match right <laughs> no one wants to see a qt marshall match i'm sorry RP <laughs> Jesus says out there and I'll say, where did that all lead you? Right back to me. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> and we got a super chat donation once again from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says Corey uh Cody was like, sorry, QT. WWE don't want you. They don't want you, bro. They don't want you. They don't want you. They, they don't want you as a trainer. They don't want you behind the scene. Damn, bro. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried. Uh, but talking about uh AEW, you go to AEW Rampage last night. The show featured Sammy Guevara beating Jeff Hardy in a good no DQ matchup, but unfortunately, it featured oh my god, a scary ass uh, bot. 
as Sammy completely broke Jeff's nose with a knee coming down on Hardy's face after a 450 splash. You also had Queen Amanada. She picked up her first singles win in AEW, picking up the win over Anna Jay. And you also had the Bang Bang Scissor Gang defeated Jay Lethal, <laughs> Jeff Garrett, Satam Singh, and the Dark Order in a 12-man tag team main event. There was a miscue between Jay White and Billy Gunn to keep it your was. eye out on. Uh, yep. But then you had last Saturday, AEW Collision. The show featured Orange Cassidy defeating Tomohiro Ishii in an excellent main event to retain the AEW International Championship. Post-match, the Undisputed Kingdom uh, attacked Orange until Ishii made the save. Blackpool Combat Clubs, Claudio Castanoli and John Moxley, they picked up a win over CMLL Star Jr. and Exponage in a decent opener. Post-match, BCC called out any tag team to step up to them, which brought out FTR for a stare-down that devolved into a full-out pull-apart brawl. Speaking of confrontations, yeah, Daniel Garcia stepped up and accepted the challenge of Adam Copeland for the number one contenders match on Dynamite. Deanna Parasso beat Kira Hogan uh, in a singles bout while timeless Tony Storm picked up the win over Queen Amanada in a solid bout. And Brody King picked up the victory over Mark Briscoe in a very good brawl. Post-match, though, Julia Hart stabbed Mark Briscoe right in the fucking head, and he was busted open, dripping blood afterwards. A brutal sight there. But a lot of noteworthy stuff. But, Chrissy Love, the floor is yours to brag about Queen Amanada, who is not only not only picked up her first singles win, but it was announced after Rampage that she is hashtag all elite Queen Amanada, getting her first win against Anna Jay. And Tony Khan announced that Amanada is now signed full-time to AEW. Uh, first of all, I already thought that she was a part of the company. Sorry. <laughs> like, I already thought that she was all elite, but... um. Hey, well, who it was, you know, I'm excited. I'm happy to see that she has her own graphic and she got a first win. Um, She's been killing it every match that she's been in. And you've been acting. You've been acting for it. You've been begging for the win. You've yep. been begging. you be like, you're like, yeah, it was a good match. But she ain't win, though. Every week. Every there you week go. Saying, like, she has to get a win. Like, she's, she's outperforming. Other people that are winning, and she needs to. She needs a win on her. Like y'all gotta watch out for her. I feel like she is star. She's a star, and you got you got a diamond there. You gotta hold on to her. Yes. Any any thoughts on Queen Amanada being all elite, Josh? Uh deserving. Uh, she's been putting in the work. This is something I've always I I also spoke about because remember when she faced Mariah May, um, the whole expectation was that it was gonna be a squash match, and it actually wasn't. It ended up being a really great and up being a really good match yep. um and it was funny because when we were doing a watch along i was explaining i was like no i don't mind it because i was like it's making her look good and I think the whole perspective good. i was like but I, I also felt like the whole perspective was to get her signed and to get her signed she has to put in the work so you had to present it was the same way when when keith was on he was putting in the work he was being presented well, and he got the contract as well. You know what I mean? Like, but they did the big difference with his one yeah, instead right. of Brian Keith that yeah. I liked is that they gave her a win before she got all elite. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Brian yeah. Keith, they didn't do that. That was the yeah, key yeah. thing. Like he got he got rewarded for a loss. 
She yeah, got yeah. rewarded. He got rewarded for a loss. And I, and at least it was against uh what was who was it? Eddie it Kingston, Kingston, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, like, oh, I'm gonna lose. I'm like, at least it was the Eddie <laughs> Kingston champion, right? But but then also because he had because they both have been putting in the work, like they've been right. you know, ring of honor and stuff. So they both been working their asses off. And I think stuff like this is every week. Yeah, you know, and it's very every deserving. Week. I'm I'm I, I think this is something that a lot of people don't give Tony Khan credit for. Like he's you know, he creates new jobs. Uh, you know, these two individuals working hard and you know they were rewarded. And I don't think a lot of people would give TK a lot of credit for that. Yeah, no. Not I at agree. all. They they refuse to give him credit. You know, <laughs> you know what um, I mean? <laughs> as uh previously reported, the no DQ matchup between Jeff Hardy and Sammy Guevara on Friday's rampage oh. had a major botch. PW Insider reports that during the matchup, Matt, uh Jeff Hardy suffered an injury. Uh at one point, a uh Sammy comes down for the shooting star press with his knee getting into Jeff's face. Referee Paul Turner called for the ringside doctor to check on Hardy. From there, an audible was called and the two immediately went to the match's finish. Hardy appeared to be bleeding from the face. There was blood all over the mat. Either his uh, it was his nose that it was appearing and that he got a broken nose, but he was able to walk uh, under his own power to with help to the back. But this is another instances of Sammy Guevara being a little bit reckless and dangerous in the ring. And he's the other brother too, though. This is true. I, I did not even think about that connection. Yeah. He injured uh, both parties. That's why um Matt is not fighting right now. I, I like I feel bad for Sammy. I like Sammy, but it seems like the past year or two, he has gone like down the ladder instead of rising up. I don't know if it's the time off or whatever. I don't know if it's like certain little things here and there. And you and listen, you have a family, you have a life. You're allowed to be like taking these days and doing things where you 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 know you need time off. But I feel like you're being a you're you're still like you're you shouldn't be wrestling like you're green. Like you you shouldn't be making these sloppy mistakes. Like, and again, and 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 I would if I'm Jeff Hardy and Matt, I would be so upset with you because you you know you could be so much careful than that. Like you didn't know that you couldn't like I'm positioned in a certain way, like do a different move if that's the case. I don't know. And then your his Sammy's child and his wife is in the, the crowd right there. Like it's just like that's embarrassing. Yeah. I I don't I don't know, man. I I, I feel like Sammy needs more time off, but it seems like he gets time off and then comes back and nothing changes. Yep, that's true. Very true. It's unfortunate. Uh, and then the final note here, it was noted last week that morale has been improving among talent in AEW locker room. However, that doesn't mean everything is perfect. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter then reports that morale is better in regards to talent getting along, but there are still issues that have some frustrated. With so many people on the roster, only a certain amount of people can get pushed. This is frustrating because most of the wrestlers aren't in the company just to collect a paycheck and want to perform. There's also frustration regarding AEW's recent crowd sizes. Tony Khan tends to paint a positive picture by pointing to revenue or ratings. However, mm -hmm. some feel AEW is declining in popularity and think changes have to be made. Khan, however, acts as though everything is fine. 
I think this is an instance of Dave Meltzer taking his personal feelings on AEW and making it a report. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's funny that this is actually what I was talking about. Like, this is this is what I was talking about because how is it that you report that morale's up and all this stuff, but then all of a sudden, like this happens. The problem to yep. me, one one thing can't be the other. You know what I mean? It's like you know, in, in regards to TK being positive, I mean. Don't you have to be positive and you're a fucking boss to, to your stuff? Like it happens with the company I work for all the time. Like it's just I mean, are you gonna point out the like, oh, we're not doing it's like no, like right? And 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 I'm pretty sure TK is aware of the whole the crowd stuff. Um, I just think when it comes to that, I think that's just a matter of something they have to figure out. I don't think us as fans should be on that, like. If a fucking arena, if he's opening up a venue of two thousand seats, uh, that's and that's what they're doing. Um, what are you gonna? What's their complain about? That's how I see it. Uh, that's just a business thing that they're doing, and they have to figure that out. I think that's just their problem. But I know Dave <laughs> lately; he's been bringing it up constantly. It's just like, bro, like, we get it. Like you, you're having an issue with the crowds. Oh, the crowds been lower. Uh, yeah, you know they're not selling a lot of tickets, but then it's like if they're if they're from what I've been seeing from Russell Ticks, like their their seat venues has been like two three thousand k. If you're getting like 20, 2,700 people, you're getting eighteen uh, twenty eight hundred people. Yeah, it's not a sellout, but it's like if that's just the available capacity that they're well, getting. Well, it's, it's not the available capacity because they're doing what they're doing a lot, which I do understand the issue of yeah. it. I don't like Dave making it into a report where yeah, one, week after, one week after saying talent is a much better, the morale is much better. You turn back and say, oh, no, they're frustrated with the recent attendance. Which one is it? Pick one struggle. I think the issue, though, that he's trying to address is a big one because AEW is running 10,000, 20,000 seat arena and only making yeah. 3,000 seats available. That is not good. That yeah, is yeah. not good. No, no, that no, means, it's not good. That means that yeah. they realize that they're not going to sell that many tickets. Yeah, and yeah. That's why they're only making certain amount um, available. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, um, when it comes to what, like, the point that I was making was that, yeah, that's something they have to figure out. Like, AEW has to figure out. My, my issue was like what you said. Like, it's just you can't bring one thing up and then now you're trying to like tear it that's how it kind of felt like to me like, like don't something positive but then now you're trying to tear it down because yep. of this it's like it's a little weird to me and i do feel like he does bring a lot of uh, as of late i've noticed like the last like maybe month and a half that he does bring like his own personal thoughts on things and it's like bro like you're if you're gonna be report be uh be a reporter like just focus yeah. on that once you bring up like your stuff, your own feelings, guess what? People are gonna take it as gospel and they're gonna follow that. That's why I think SRS, like I've like you know, I've praised them constantly because he doesn't do shit like that. Like where he whatever he's gonna report, he's gonna report. If he likes something, he's gonna say he loves it, right? Or there's something he's gonna like. I think that's a nice fan, but like, he doesn't go deep into all this shit, like, oh, you know, I get worried because you know they're not selling a lot of tickets. I don't know. Like he doesn't do shit like that. I'm not, yeah. Which I'm not saying you should ignore, but it's like you can't, you know, when you do shit like that, you just make everybody confused. Because yeah. actually, when he did that shit, I was confused. I'm like, wait, what? Like, why is he doing this? It was just weird. And then Brian Alvarez hasn't been that much better either. 
Because you know how, it's like, you know, like, because it's like, for example, like when you brought up John Alba and Eric Bischoff, like the reason why I, the, the duo is funny because Eric Bischoff was going to shit on AEW completely. Alba is like the good cop, bad cop. So yeah. Alba is going to look at the positives and then he's going to call it out. Like when you it said that situation. It works yeah. for them. It it's works not, for it's them. Not, it's not the witch fest that is the Cornette podcast where everybody hates they everything. Hates everything. Like everything's just in line. Everybody just hates everything. And I kind of feel like that with Wrestling Observer. They don't hate everything, but anything that they feel like, oh, yeah, well, this was bad. So they we're getting reports that uh, people hate it and all this. So they're both going to fall in line with that. And then you kind of find out like, oh, no, this is not how that person felt. Because I did see SRS. He did call out something recently where I think Dave reported something and then. And then he immediately like, said, like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Like, like I, I'm like, all right. I've been, I've been trying to be politically correct. But let's be real here. Why? Let's be real here. Wrestling Observer hasn't been listenable. Dave Meltzer hasn't been good with reports since the 2010s. Since Call, you, since Call Me Maybe was a hit song. That was the last time that Dave Meltzer was reliable for reports. And Damn, Wrestling Observer, Wrestling Observer is not the number one platform in wrestling anymore. The motherfuckers don't even have a black or Spanish person on any of their fucking podcasts. They are fucking racist. They don't like black people. They don't like Hispanic people. Hire a fucking black person. Hire a fucking minority. <laughs> Damn. Oof. I, I didn't expect all that. You 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 got me you got going like you're criticizing them so much, but I was like, man, you ain't criticizing the right thing, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Wrestling Observer hasn't hired anyone of any color, even though every other wrestling platform has hired either a black person or a Spanish person to be fair or look like you being fair. Yeah, wrestling Observer hasn't even even took the time to even have an affirmative action hire. Yeah, because honestly, I've even stayed away from them. It's not like. There's other worse platforms, but when it comes to the Wrestling Observer, I think it's more of um, they what they've done in the past. So I think that's why they get like the reputation that they get. But like, if I'm gonna listen to stuff, I listen to Fightful. I listen to like platforms like that. Busted Open. I listen to time to time, even though there's guys like I I, I like uh, Lagreca. I think he's great because he's like very marky, but it works for him, and I love it. Uh, Bully Ray could be. He's like. Hot and cold for me sometimes. Sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not, especially when he comes up with creative stuff. I think a lot of his creative stuff is a lot of dog shit, to be honest with you. But I like Bully Ray. Like I've met him a few times and he's he's great to me. But a lot of his takes are are shit sometimes. And it's that's okay for me. <laughs> like that's okay to admit, right? But uh yeah, that was a lot that you said. And I'm like, I can't really disagree. Like looking at, at it, I mean, I was like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. From from Nate it says get him sis. Dave couldn't even offer the cheese man a seat at the table. Yeah, when fucking Alfred was locking the door on every other black person in wrestling media, <laughs> making sure that he was the only nigga who was getting food on the fucking wrestling media table, they didn't even fucking offer him a seat. There was one nigga to to fucking hire in wrestling media. They didn't even spend the time to call that nigga. 
Anyway, let's finish off with the Converse here. Uh, Ring of Honor TV, ROH TV on Honor Club. Uh, the show featured the start of the ROH Women's TV title tournament as Queen Amanada beat uh, J-Rod. You also had Layla Hirsch pick up a win over Rachel Ellering in a good bout. Uh, you had Mercedes Martinez in another good bout picking up the win over Trisha Dora, while Diamante defeated Kira Hogan in a battle of lovers. You went from Valentine's Day on Wednesday to fighting in a ring of uh, an ROH women's TV tournament the next day. And of course, this is the new bracket right here for everyone that advance as we finish up. Give me Amanada and Martinez. It's going to slap hose. I, I would. That would be good. That would be a good one. I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I think it's going to be Abaddon versus Mercedes Martinez in the second round, which I don't know who wins that one. That's interesting. Uh, then you get a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling this week. They had a huge show, uh, New Beginning in Osaka, and this was one of the most emotional wrestling shows of the year. The show featured Bullet Club War Dogs defeating United Empire. Oh, he is bloody up. Like, yes. yes. And this was an absolutely insane, <gasps> brutal, dangerous dog pound steel cage main event. They exposed the ring boards. They had ring boards popping up that could have killed somebody. Blood pouring everywhere. But in the end, the Bullet Club War Dogs picked up the win. Five on one assault on Will Ospreay. After the matchup, Will Ospreay cut an emotional farewell to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, more on that in a bit. You also had the Bullet Club's Kenta and Chase Owens beat Gorillas of Destiny's El Fantasmo and Hikaleo to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Trash. Uh, Kashiko Okada defeated Hiroshi Tadahashi in an emotional final match between the two longtime rivals and friends. And in by far, yes, capital letters, B-Y-F-A-R, the match of the fucking year, Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. put on an absolute superb technical wrestling masterclass that was over 40 minutes of just incredible grappling, mat work, and storytelling that many are calling the match of the year. Some are even calling the greatest match they have ever seen. This was a work of art with Zack Sabre Jr. evening their series at 1-1, picking up the win. Huh? I want to say this is the second match, right? Yeah. Picking up the win here with a technical pin. He did not tap Brian out like he wanted, which leaves the door open for a third match. But post-match, both men shook hands, showing respect to one another. Josh, I heard you talking about the tag team titles. Are you upset Kenta and Chase Owens are champions in 2024? It's like, why would you why did you put a title on Chase Owens? That's where my grace is at. That's like why, like why, why does this, why does this need it to be a thing? Um, but uh, Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. match of the year so far. That was incredible stuff. I also like when people want to bitch about storytelling and all this shit. There is a story here too, because none of the guys have submitted each other. So if you do a third match, it gotta be a submission submission match. You gotta do that. But if you, they're not paying attention if they don't see the story in this. Because the first matchup, 
the story within the story of the matchup of them trying to prove who's the best technical wrestler was Zach goading Brian into using his injured arm. And yeah. then in this matchup, it turned into basically they were trying to outdo each other and try to outdo the grappling. And then one move turned everything around where Brian whipped Zach into the ropes and Zach injured his leg. And then he just tore his fucking leg apart for the next like <laughs> 10 minutes of the matchup. And then the second half of the matchup just was simply two stubborn, technically gifted men who refused to even go for a pin. Both men wanted to submit to each other. So it was like, who was going to be less so, so stubborn enough to get the win, to just get the win, not just a submission win. So that, that was, it was great. so intricate, so great in so many ways. Yeah, because, um, you, know, yeah, you know, there's some people who didn't like the slapping, you know. Apparently, that's not pro wrestling, you know. And, and I'll be honest, and I'll be honest, I haven't liked your acting since straight out of Compton. Anyway, uh, Will Ospreay's time in NJPW is at an end, but he's revealed that his AEW deal allows him to return to NJPW after competing in the Dog Pound Street Steel Cage matchup at New Beginning in Osaka. He promised to return for matches in the company during his post-show comments. He said, I signed my deal with AEW, and I'm allowed to come back and do New Japan matches and i don't know when that's gonna be i need to i need to find a balance first because i have no idea what i'm doing right now i'm <laughs> next job i've had anxiety traveling to america it's not that i don't enjoy it i just get scared i've always done this on my own i promise you guys on fucking everything i will be back i promise you i will be back Aww. yes it was great Great stuff. Great. I, I I love the Great. ending too because 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 I've never. I think sometimes you know like you know how like the Bullet Club stuff when somebody leaves Bullet Club they get jumped out and all that stuff. I'm glad they didn't do that here just because I'm like sometimes you don't always need to do that. And if the guy is coming back, he's going to be doing some matches. There's no point of doing that. So I'm glad that they did it like this. I think this was a nice way to just you know, uh, you know, close a chapter. Now open up a new chapter for Osprey when he comes over here. Facts. And we got another super chat donation from the great Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, when WWE got Bad Bunny, Dave said that don't nobody he knows know who he is. I'm like, who old and white? Like, yo, after that, we should have stopped listening to Dave Meltzer. Mm -hmm. We just go to him for star ratings, whether you go to him to reference the star rating on what you need to watch, or if you go to him for your star ratings to complain about his star ratings, that's the only thing he's good for at this point. I agree. Yeah. I probably I probably ruined my, my any chance of me being on Wrestling Observer with this podcast. Um with this particular episode, yeah. <laughs> New, uh, New Japan for Wrestling announced this week that Kashika Okada, uh, his last matchup, will be a multi-man match. It will be him teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii to verse Matt Riddle, Jeff Cobb, Hanare, Great Okan, and Kyle Newman. What the fuck are you doing, New Japan? Like, what the fuck? Family for straws. No, I really feel like something happened between New Japan and Okada. 
The whole way this has gone down where you have one of the GOATs, one of the greatest legends in your company's history, and he's having his farewells in the middle of shows while the guy that was his young boy, Will Ospreay, gets to close out the show with his farewell? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that don't Does that look right to anybody else? No, I remember, and I said it. I said it this past week. I was like that. That the difference with Osprey is like Osprey already committed going back to New Japan doing matches. I was like, I don't get that sense from Okada. It doesn't mean he's not going to do it, but I have not. There's no, there's no leeway of seeing that. And there's certain things that I've seen, like Pro Wrestling Tees. Osprey still has some of his New Japan merch up. Um, Okada, they took it down completely because it was New Japan license. I know some people were still trying to like hold on to it, like, oh no, that means he's going to up. No, I was like, no. It was taken down because New Japan owns all his merch. So when his story comes back up, that's going to be Okada-owned merch or AEW-produced merch. So um, that's one of the things I noticed, too. I was like, I just don't get the sense of what well, I got with Osprey. Yeah, he's committed coming back to New Japan. I don't get that sense from Okada. Don't look, it don't look too good if you want Okada in New Japan. It don't look too good right now. But uh, they got big shows coming up next weekend, so we can just run through the cards right now and give predictions for the top matches. First, they got on February 23rd, the new beginning in Sapporo Night 1. You got the kickoff matchup. It's going to be Toriano and Tomiya versus Shomo Kato and Tomhaki Homa. You also got Zack Sabre Jr. Gonna go up against Yuji Nagata, trying to see if he can beat a person that Brian Danielson has previously beat this year. You also got six-man tag team mansion, Bolton Oglin, uh, Toge Makabe, Rosuke Taguchi versus House of Torture. You then got Chaos, Yo, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kashika Okada versus United Empires, Callum Newman, Jeff Cobb, Francisco Akira, Gate Okan, and TJP. Meanwhile, you got Los Inganables de Japón versus just five guys in five-on-five five action. And then we got the first match we're going to predict here for the IWGP Women's Championship, Mayu Iwatani making her, I believe this is our fifth defense of the title, against Mina Shirakawa. Mina Shirakawa has kind of been an upstart, one of the more popular superstars over in stardom. Who do you got here, Josh? I think the champ retains. I'm going with Mayu as well. Who you got, Chrissy? Mayu as well. Yes, I, I'm very happy they got a IWGP Women's Title match on a New Japan card again because this is the first time since Sakura Genesis last year. Jesus Christ! Looks like like you don't have the title. If I get a blame Rossi for that. Probably so. <laughs> IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship up for grabs. El Desperado defends against House of Tortures. Show. Who you got, Chrissy? Show. Who you got, Josh? I think the champ retains as well. The champ retains a, this match, too. I got Despy retaining in this one as well. Then you got for the never open weight championship is going to be evil defending against Shoto Amino. Shoto Amino has been given the quest <laughs> of gaining the never open weight championship by a departing Tamatanga. Can he pull through Josh? Who you got? I'm going to go with Shoto for fuck evil. Cool. Chrissy. And which one is evil? I'll give you one guess. Who's evil. 
Probably the guy in oh, black. The, oh, the one that <laughs> retains then. You're going evil to retain? Yep. All right, I'm going with Shoto Aminu as well. NJPW <laughs> World Television Ooh, Championship. Nice. Hiroshi Tadahashi defends against Matt Riddle. 15 minute time limit. Chrissy Love, who you got? Uh, champ. Who you got, Josh? Uh, Tanahashi retains, and he looks like Ric Flair in that picture. He does. I, oh my I god, got... the person that they got. Sorry, this is going off topic. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. You already started. You started down the road. You got to finish. Sorry. The person that they played, Ric Flair in the Iron Claw. Terrible. Terrible. I was ready I for mean, that. I seen that shit. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, I was like, who authorized this? Like, we couldn't get no. Like, his woos were even like you. You don't mean to tell me that y'all went into a whole audition st a studio and y'all that was the best y'all had. There's no fucking. Yeah, because you know why? Because uh, they, they they the budget was only sixteen million, and probably majority of that is going to Zach Efron. And Maybe Jeremy Allen White. And Jeremy Allen Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Allen, yo. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White had to make like five bands off of that. He made like five, five, five milli. Five milli. Yeah, because it's an independent uh, production. So they're not, they don't get the same perks as like the other companies. Yeah. So some of the, some of the actors, they get, they get higher salaries because of that. Yeah. Me but, and my husband was sitting there, we was like, what the? Great fuck? film though. The best wrestling film ever. Sad, but great. Yes, absolutely. I haven't. I have not seen it yet oh, because sorry, there's a no, no, no. Because there's a part that when I heard about it, I already know what they exclude, and I guess because I've been such like a big Bond Eric fan, like of like their story and like everything it about them. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of does. Yeah, yeah, about like yeah. So it kind of bothers Harry, me. Harry's death is the only part that I was like, yeah, this is yeah. very much inaccurate. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I'm waiting to see it, but I'm gonna eventually see it. But I've heard great things, so I look forward to it. Yeah, every, everything, everything involving Curry Von Eric was very much inaccurate. He did not, he did not get his leg amputated right after winning the world title. I just want to make that. Oh clear. yeah, they, they made it seem like that night he won the world title. He goes out on a motorcycle ride that amputates his leg. I was like, that is not how the town of events happened. What the fuck? That's funny. I gotta see it now because of that. You have you have to know a lot of this the state they tried to keep it true, but a lot of the stuff was missing. That's why you have to watch Dark Side of the Ring. If you watch Dark Side of the Ring, it'll give you everything in a nutshell. Yeah, you line up, you can line it up pretty well with Dark Side of the Ring and then watch the Von Eric movie, and you can you could be like, Okay, this is right, this is right, this is right, this is that's wrong, wrong. that's wrong. wrong. Right, right. <laughs> and they made it seem like everything was like back. This this happened next month. Yeah, it was like month. it was like one after the other where there was like no, there was some years, and this even though like, even though dark dark side of the ring has a shorter runtime, they did establish that there was years between stuff happening. <laughs> I mean, that was my only nitpick about the movie. I'm so sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to like get off the topic. So sorry. But no, yeah. you're good. You're good. Did you put a Ric Flair, and that's what like triggered it. So <laughs> so it was my fault. I'll take all uh, your fault. I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat for that. And then finally, the main event for night one in Socorro, David mm. Finley defending the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship for the first time against the wanted man, Nick Nemeth, making his NJPW debut. Josh, who you got? Mm. Uh, 
I'm gonna go a Hail Mary and I'm gonna say Nick Nemeth just Me because too. of how they how they presented him and like the way they presented him when he first was a free agent. I think they're gonna go that route. Um, because also kind of makes the most sense just because of a uh popular of like uh somebody that you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. They usually tend to do that. They did it with Moxley, they did it with Mercedes. Hey, uh, you have some popularity, just put the belt on you and get some <laughs> get some noise, get some attraction. So I think this is the best spot to do with it. Uh it wouldn't surprise me if Finley retains. But then also I just wanted to add that that belt looks very nice too. It does. Always the right strap. Right strap pops everything. Uh, I'm going to go with Finley only because he got the strong win in the cage match. That makes sense. Who you got, Chrissy? Uh, I'm going uh, like um, Josh and saying Nick. That is fair. Then yeah. you got day two the following day, uh, February 24th. You got uh, Hiromu Takahashi going one-on-one -on -one with Doki uh, in this LIJ versus Just Five Guys series. You're also going to have Bushi versus Takamishi Noku and Shingo Takagi versus Taichi. Top two matches are very important. A lot of big stakes first. Hair versus hair. Two glorious what? haired men will be, one of them will be shaved as this Yoda Suji going one-on-one -on -one with you or your Mora. Who is going to keep their hair, Josh? Who has the longest hair? I think uh, you, Yoda. Yoda well, Suji. He's losing then. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think Yoda Suji keeps his hair. I'm going to say that. Because oh, he has the longer hair, luxurious hair. So the other one that says the shorter, he was like, all right, I've had it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting with Suji here. I'm going with okay, Suji then, fine. And then finally, a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom. Tensuya Naito defends the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Sonata. Who you got, Chrissy? Mm, Chant retains. I agree with Chrissy. Josh? Uh, Naito retains. Unanimous across the board. Uh, there will definitely have a review of both nights of Sapporo. Me and Jay News will be doing that. We'll be doing a preview this coming week for both shows as well. But TNA Impact is the last thing that we miss. Show featured Moose beating uh, Kushida in the main event. Post-match, a brawl broke out with the system, Alex Shelley and the Jet Setters. Crazy Steve picked up a victory, retaining the Digital Media Championship over Rhino as he continued his campaign against the former members of ECW. You had Jordan Grace. She beat uh, Savannah Evans in a singles match, previewing her bout with Giselle Shaw at No Surrender, while the ABC picked up their first victory in the best of three series, picking up a win against the GYV to even the series at one win a piece here but of course we're still in the fallout from the departure of scott damore and this week we had more details be revealed as uh there was a new report according to fightful some more details have been revealed about damore's firing uh, according to the report the stage was beginning to be set for damore's firing a month before it happened Demore did not want to exit the company, and Anthem said they wanted to portray it as a mutual agreement to part ways. Demore was insistent that the two sides didn't refer to it as either mutual or his decision. 
Anthem is based in Ontario, which has strict employment laws for employers, and not agreeing that the exit was mutual is in the best interest of Demore moving forward. Some talent stated that they were informed that Demore stepped down from his position, which was uh, not the case, and the two sides had some correspondence to aid in Sacconi's transition into the role as TNA president. Damore was reportedly spoken well of Soloni, but reiterated that he didn't want to leave the company. And they were the talents were overwhelmed and unhappy by Damore's exit from the company as they were loyal to him. The report goes on to note that Damore tried to buy TNA a couple of weeks after it became evident to him that he, he was going to uh, be terminated. Those efforts were rejected outright, and there had been some rumors that Damore tried to buy the company before he was terminated, but those efforts were also denied as well. TNA sources told Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter that there were some rumors that Damore tried to push for a big, bigger budget for years for TNA, but Anthem pushed back the against that. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter also reports that Ed Nordrum uh, is also no longer working with TNA, and he was the person that was influential in pushing Anthem to make offers for CM Punk and Will Ospreay in the past. And then it was later revealed this week that TNA Wrestling had sent an open letter to Anthem CEO Leonard Asper about the firing of Scott Demore. The letter mentions that the talent being deeply saddened by Demore's dismissal while acknowledging Anthem's role in keeping the company going. However, the letter indicates that the talent want to speak with management about the situation, expressing their belief that Demore should remain in the company. Fightful notes that talent don't have a problem with the new president, Anthony Saloni, as sources spoke well of him as a person. However, they feel he may not have enough experience with wrestling, and the closest he's been to working in the business was helping WWE when he ran the score. PW Insider also reports that a portion of the full letter was made available online, and it was a much a larger uh, overall letter. And the report also notes that a number of talent were not pleased and were somewhat upset that the letter was leaked online. You can see the letter if you pause it. You can see the full letter as you see here on screen. But what do you think about the whole TNA roster banding together to try to get Scott Demore back? It says a lot. It says a lot. Like they, they feel like he, you know, advocates for them, and they, they. I, I found it shocking when I, when, when they said, "Oh yeah, he, they got rid of him." I was like, "Wait, what? Like how? Like for what? What happened? Like he is? Did he do a Vince McMahon?" I was like, "Oh no, he did a Vince McMahon." I, I immediately when uh, how the dismissal went, immediately people thought the worst things possible. That's what I'm saying. Like. It, they're trying to get all these like this bad energy out of these companies and these these people that have created these like these this massive like thing to oh, destroy yeah. the company. So they want to get rid of them. So like just clean it out. So I was like, oh look, what does Scott Newmore do? He just had um uh, uh Jordan Grace at the um Royal Rumble. Like he was like, what? Ha I don't understand. Like it's like it's like Anthem just wanted to shoot themselves in the fucking foot. They had right. all this momentum, and this is like the wrong type of PR. Right, that part. That part. So and uh, so unfortunate. It should be noted the Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, reported that Tommy Dreamer was now the new head of creative for TNA Wrestling. However, right. both 
Bo Fightful Select, PW Insider, and then Tommy Dreamer himself have denied the reports that he is now part of uh, the uh, the head of the TNA and Creative. Creative is made up of Dreamer, Robert, R.D. Evans, and Hunter Delirious Johnson. They are will now be supported by Gail Kim, George Barrios, and Ariel Asink. Uh, Snitzer, I think that's how you pronounce it. He is the former GM of the Fight Network and helped launch TNA Plus. And uh, PW Insider confirms that the original story was 100% inaccurate, as Dreamer confirmed on Busted Open Radio. He said, I'm so glad uh, people know things about my life that I don't. <laughs> and that's and that's what? Three stories already that we talked about Dave Meltzer being wrong on this one episode of true hill heat yeah that doesn't make him look good and even when i heard it with dreamer i was like oh i like dreamer but i'm like his you know, track record as a no it's it's his track record as a booker is horrendous that'll be the worst possible choice right now that is not what tna needs right now it's tommy nope. dreamer head book tommy dreamer who was uh, got didn't he get like suspended from the company before because of the whole dark side of the ring episode yeah, because of his yeah. retarded comments. Not the guy you want representing your company. Uh, <laughs> really quickly, we'll go over TNA No Surrender is next Friday. So we'll go over the top matches here. But going over the rest of the matches, you're going to see on the countdown to No Surrender, the systems, Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers versus the Jet Setters, Kushida and Kevin Knight. Josh Alexander will go one-on-one -on -one with former WWE superstar Simon Gotch. P uh, PCO goes one-on-one -on -one with Khan in a good house fight. First one we'll predict here. We got for the 50-something years old. For the TNA World Tag Team titles, it is match three of the best of three series. Who you got, uh, Josh? The ABC versus GYV match three. Uh, I'm going to go with the Grizzly Young Vets. I'm gonna agree with Josh and say new champions, GYV. New champions, oh, Chrissy, who you got? I want to go with ABC. The champs retain. That's fair. For the knockouts tag team titles, it's gonna be MK Ultra challenging uh, as the former champions against the new champs, the Decay. Who you got here, Chrissy Love? The Decay retains. Josh, I think the uh, Decay retains. I agree with the uh, decay to retain. I do like MK Ultra as heels, though. They've been good in that role. Mm -hmm. Knockouts World Championship up for grabs. Jordan Grace goes one on one with the winner of the second ever Ultimate X for the Knockouts division, Giselle Shaw. Who you got, Chrissy? Jordan Grace retains. Josh, uh, I think Grace retains. I'm gonna go with Jordan Grace to retain as well. For the TNA X Division Championship, oh. it is Mustafa Ali's debut in TNA as he challenges Chris Saban, the 10-time champion. I got new champion, Mustafa Ali. I'm about to say the same. You cannot have me debut and I lose. And I'm, and I'm like hot right now. I'm like a big free agent. Mustafa Ali, for sure. Josh? Is Josh I, want, I, want, I want to say Ali... Uh, fuck it. I'll go with Ali. <laughs> We're all going Ali. And then the main event, TNA World Championship. Moose defends against the former champion, 
Alex Shelley in a no surrender rules matchup, meaning that uh, they will have corner men. There are no pinfalls, no submissions. The match will continue until one of their corner men basically surrenders. Oh, Who like you got? So people on the outside, like like boxers, they surrender. They, 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 yeah, they, they, basically. Yeah, Kushida and Kevin Knight will be in Alex Shelley's corner, and the system will be in Moose's. Chrissy, who you got? Uh, I have Moose retaining. Josh? I have uh, Moose retaining. I got the Moose retaining as well. I look forward to No Surrender. We'll have something on the channel, either a preview or review for sure. But it is time for Chrissy Love's favorite time of the show, Match of the Week where we give you our three to five best matches that we saw from the last week. And there was a lot to choose from, but I will start things off here. I got to think about it a little bit. I'm sorry, guys. I just got to get my thoughts in place. Cause I, I messed up last week in forgetting Hechicero versus Brian Danielson. And I will never make that mistake again. I will never do that to Hechicero again. Uh, number five for me this week, I'm going to go with John Moxley versus Dax Harwood from Dynamite. Number four for me, I'm going with Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven from Dynamite, the Texas death match. Number three for me this week, Orange Cassidy versus Tomohiro Ishii from Collision for the AEW International Championship. Number two, the Dog Pound Street uh, Steel Cage matchup with Bullet Club War Dogs versus United Empire from New Beginning in Osaka. But number one, easy, Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. Two, New Beginning in Osaka. Chrissy. Okay, so I'm going to go number five will be uh, Orange Cassidy. And the dude from United Kingdom, I can't remember his name, so sorry. Um, Matt Taven. There you go. Matt how, do you, how do you not know his name? He screamed it at the end. He said, oh, I'm Matt Taven. And, and he basically the promo after it. It was so, so good. So, yes, I'm so sorry. But they're number five. Number four is going to be John Moxley and um, Dax Hardwood. Number three would be... This is where it get fuzzy. Um, from this was um from ROH was a uh, Queen Amanada, Amanada, and who did she go to? Rod. Thank, thank you, thank you. Her. Then number two, um, Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson, and then number one, Queen Amanada again, winning her first match against Anna J. Thank you. You're you're not a mark at all. Uh, Josh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <just> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with top three. Um, uh, number three, OC versus Taven, uh, the Texas Tough match. Number two, the cage match with United Empire, and number one, uh, Danielson versus uh, Zach Sabre Jr. Easy. And then let's cap off the week. Rapid fire final predictions for WWE Elimination Chamber. We gotta, we gotta have we, very briefly before we do this. We gotta have an open uh, meeting, team meeting here. Uh, is is uh, I, I did I did get confirmation from Chrissy, but Josh, are you free to do True Hill Heat next Sunday? Because Elimination Chamber is coming on way too early for me to turn around and do the flagship next Saturday. Uh, Sunday I should be good. 
Cool. So we'll be here next Sunday for the flagship podcast. I'll be here Saturday around 12 or 1 for Elimination Chamber review. That's what Wait, hold on, hold on. Time out. You can do the review at 12 o'clock, son? Yeah, because the show's going to end at like 8 a.m. Okay, so okay, never mind. All right. I'll sleep. I'll sleep before I'll sleep. No, I said I said 12 or 1 because I'll probably wake up at 12. I'll do the back end <laughs> stuff for the review at 1. So one or two. Well, uh, let's be real. One or two. We'll do the elimination <laughs> chamber review. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but rapid fire predictions here. You got the Grayson Waller effect. It's gonna have Cody and Seth on it. I think that we get the main event for WrestleMania Night One confirmed here. Yeah. It should right? be confirmed. It should it should confirm it so we can get to the next few weeks so we can build this up and like have a good video package. Exactly. And then we got for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Judgment Days, Finn Balor and Damian Priest defend against New Catch Republic, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates. Don't call him that name. That's stupid. That is, that is a bad name. Say, and Pete Dunne didn't even like it, so we can't even call him that name. That is a bad name. Chrissy, who you got? Judgment Day. I got the Judgment Day as well, Josh. Uh, judgment Day. Unanimous. And then we got the men's elimination chamber matchup. That's predictable, but okay. You got Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, and L.A. Knight. Yeah, the winner becomes the number one contender to first Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 40. Josh, who you got? I got Drew. Drew. Chrissy? Drew. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Drew McIntyre. I feel like these two at the end are going to face each other at Mania. They're going to have to find something for Orton and something for the rest of these three on the side. But Drew is Logan the one. Paul. Logan Paul, you can play with LA Knight. That's what I said. I that's, what, that's what I said. The two on the right are going to face at WrestleMania. Yep. The three at the yeah. other end, I don't know what the fuck they're doing at WrestleMania. But <laughs> Drew, Drew seems like the one likely to win here. Chrissy, you agree? I agree. Yeah, I said um, Drew for sure. Yes. And then the women's elimination chamber matchup. We got one spot to fill, but we got Naomi, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Tiffany Stratton. T Chrissy, who you got? Uh, Becky. I also got Becky, and I got Jade for the final spot. Josh? I got Becky. I got Becky. Yeah. I got Becky. I got mm -hmm. Becky. Uh, Jade Becky. for the final spot? I, I don't know. Who are you gonna I, put in the final spot then, friend? Uh somebody who's gonna take the L. So <laughs> well the person that would take the L would be Liv or Tiffany. <laughs> somebody like, wait, everybody, wait. everybody gotta get eliminated. It's fine. I mean, everybody's getting pinned. No matter, I mean, oh, besides the winner. Screwed. Right, you're right. <laughs> so they're screwed. Somebody's screwed. They're <laughs> screwed. Then finally, the what I think should be the main event of the show, Rhea Ripley back in Australia defending the WWE Women's World Championship against her rival, Nia Jax. I, have, I will say, I think this is by far the most effective and entertaining rivalry of Rhea Ripley's entire title run. <laughs> I agree, yes. Chrissy, who I you got? Rhea, obviously. <laughs> Josh? I got uh, Edward Scissorhands. Because she looks like Edward Scissorhands. In that picture, yes, she does. <laughs> like, she why, does. Why, why that picture? That's just weird. You know who Edward Scissorhands is? Okay. 
I also got Rhea Ripley for the win, but it should be a very good show. We'll be doing the preview this coming week. So join us live for that. Me and Romeo will be hosting that. So you can join us for that. We got previews for Elimination Chamber, No Surrender, and New Beginning this week. Yes, I don't get a day off this week. Do, do you Scott ever? Yeah, I do. Sometimes Wednesday's my day off. Uh, <laughs> Josh Christie. We're closing up shop here, Josh. Uh, well, Chrissy, we'll start with you first. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on over on Body Slam and everywhere else. Hey, friends. Um, so, yes, uh, join us every Friday night, uh, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time. We do uh, the SmackDown review on Bodyslam.net, me and Stephanie Hypes. Please catch our latest episodes. Like it, subscribe, uh, put a thumbs up, all of that good jazz. Um, yes, uh, True Hell Heat every Saturday morning at 11.05 a.m. We will not be here on this Saturday coming. We'll be back on Sunday morning. So be there. Be square, friends. Other than that, I am on roundtables. I'm on watch-alongs. You can find me on Twitter, which is uh, True Hell Chrissy Love, or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is True Hell Chrissy Love. I mean, um, Chrissy Love underscore one or just my plain name. Thank you. Josh, let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, JM Punk 321 Twitter and Instagram and every Wednesday uh, Elite Heat for our AEW uh, Dynamite watch alongs you go follow me there as well and you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3 follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, Instagram TikTok at True Hill Heat, patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat gets you $3 a month, gets you exclusive content, the True Hill Heat Prediction Championship, plus much, much more. And go over to True Hill Heat Sports YouTube channel as we have a special video that will drop today. I've been saying it for a couple of days that's going to be dropping, but I'll make sure I upload it and drop it today. But for you, the people that are watching us until the very end here live, a special announcement that will be on that announcement here as now we are expanding True Hill Heat Sports to True Hill Heat Sports and Entertainment. That is our new logo. Our new logo, folks, will be doing reviews on TV shows, movies, uh pop culture, music. So go over to the True Hill Heat Sports YouTube channel where it will become True Hill Heat Sports and Entertainment. We just hit 500 subscribers over there, so we're going to get even more content for you to enjoy. So thank you so much if you have already. If you haven't, go over and subscribe. So that Bye. means that that means Josh needs to go see the Iron Claw so we can go all three review it. There you go. There you go. Josh got to let us know when he watches that so we can review it on that channel there. But and then, and then, um, and then, and then I'm going to review uh, Godzilla X Kong. I'm going to review that as well. Hey, I heard that was dope. I, I still need to watch it. Uh, but <laughs> for Josh, for Miss Chrissy Love, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SB3. This has been True Hill Heat 264 Hollywood meets Corporate. We are signing off until next time. Laters.